2: April and then Brisbane after that. I'm also doing Who Knew It's in Perth and Adelaide. Uh, Details for all that stuff at MattStewartComedy.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number.
1: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to Bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's Bombus.com slash ACAST, code ACAST.
2: This podcast is part of the Planet
0: Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates.
1: Welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicky, and I'm here with Matt Stewart and Jess Perkins.
0: Hello, Dave.
1: <laughs> Hello, Dave. <laughs> uh, guys, what a, a musical opening.
0: Yeah, Matt and I have started a band. Okay. Um,
2: you know what else is a musical opening? Your mum's butt. <laughs> 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 no, nah, I'm regretting that. Damn it.
0: Well, you're great taking my catchphrase. Yeah, good.
2: Is it, is it so? That's something you say on the podcast. uh
0: I, yeah, I definitely have. Before. I, mean, we,
2: I mean, we've got
1: dougawonpod.com/slash/yeahmums, go but is a page on our website. So I right. must okay. have said
0: yes. it on Okay, air, okay. cool. But okay. I do say it off air a lot. A lot.
2: You say that too much. So much. So much. So
0: much. So much. Which is also the name of our band. Yes. So much. Um, thank you and, uh... Thank you and good night, Wes, so much. Will you please ex- uh, accept this flyer to our upcoming Battle of the Bands gig? Oh, I'd love to support you in the battle. Being held in a primary school gymnasium.
1: Oh, I'm going to boo those little kids. Yeah.
0: No, the children won't be there. It'll be an after hours thing. Oh, okay. I thought you were competing against 11-year-olds. I'm just having flashbacks to when I used to compete in Battle of the Bands and they were always in a school gym. Right? Did you ever win a battle of the bands? God, no! Really? But we were often the only all-girl band. Oh, that's great! Or some yeah, occasionally the only band that had a girl in it.
1: (laughs) It was just like four teenage boys. Yeah, I was probably competing against you. Won a couple of battle of the bands? Did you? Yeah, got a one time got given a giant novelty check. Cool. And then was really annoyed to realise that that is not uh, that's not cashable. Oh, that is. They take the check back and give you a real check. So why have why get the big one made? No, it's very annoying. Because
0: that would be expensive as well.
1: Yeah, I, I guess it was. And at the time, it was it was big money. Between the four it was five hundred dollars.
2: Whoa! <laughs> Between the how many of you? Four. That's pretty good. Four. That's a real small scar band. How many of you were on saxophone? Uh three out of four. <laughs> three out of four. And then there was, was a, and you're on trombone. Uh, tenor sax. Tenor sax. <laughs> <laughs> I don't count it as a real sax. <laughs> nah, that's way cooler than the other <laughs> yeah. sax. What do you call the other sax? Normal sax. Yeah, just regular sax. Yeah.
0: And again, Scar is the one, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah. correct.
2: Yeah, that's right. As far as I understand it. But I am a musicologist, so I would understand it. Okay? So no more questions. Is that okay? Yep. Okay, great.
1: Now, if this is the first time you listen to the show, we're about to start it, but I'm going to give my good friend Matt Stewart just a quick chance to plug his upcoming stand-up comedy shows.
2: Oh, cool. Thank you. Uh, yes, I'm touring my new show, Bone Dry, and it's coming to Perth, Adelaide, Brisbane and Melbourne and maybe other places as well. You can find out details for all of those at mattstewartcomedy.com slash gigs. And if you use the code, do go on. Uh, there's an early bird discount for... At least the time being, I believe. I don't know when it runs out, <laughs> but it's it's definitely live now because I was told that yesterday. So
1: act today, not tomorrow. Yeah.
2: yeah, But um,
1: preferably yesterday when Matt was told.
2: Yes, definitely. Also, very quick plug for Dave's podcast, Book Cheat, comes out bi-weekly, which means every two weeks, I think.
1: That is. So it comes out basically I'm going to just make it twice a month because some that months makes have sense. five Tuesdays. But a uh, quick plug for it. Got the Christmas special coming up next week and you two are the guests on it.
0: I have forgotten that.
2: It was such, I think it was one of the silliest podcasts I've ever been involved in. And I apologise profusely to you and I apologise profusely to you. I apologise to you too, Jess.
0: Was I a bit feral on that one?
2: No, you were so funny. Um, Dave? Ferally funny.
0: Okay. My Uh, My usual.
2: And this week's Primates features a comedy hero of mine. I still can't really believe he came on, uh, Tony Martin. No.
1: Oh, yeah. The
2: Tony Martin. He was sitting in this studio. And another comedy hero, Josh Earl.
0: Oh, my God. The
2: Josh Earl. Yes. So, what a great
0: combo. Uh,
2: and it was so much fun. A lot of the podcast was me and Josh going, and Tony, um, what about the time you did this? Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's the best.
2: And occasionally he'd be like, oh and yeah, there was sort of and he'd be trying to tie it back into primates. It's like, don't worry about that anymore. Well, yeah. <laughs> get rid of the premise, Tony. Just give us your sweet stories. Nothing
0: matters anymore that you're here, Tony. <laughs> I can't wait to listen Why to it. Why are you
1: here,
2: Tony? Yeah,
0: because I kind of I hope to listen to it and hear Matt sort of just be like, oh, um
2: Oh I'll oh, try and edit that out, but I won't no! be able to I won't be able to get all of that out. That's so cute. Uh, so that comes out tomorrow. So so Cool. I still, yeah, it still seems pretty surreal to me.
0: Yeah, that is wild and awesome.
2: So cool. Um, so, so well, cool.
0: also, I've got, uh, I've got news. Oh, please. Um. Uh. This week, at my house. Yeah. I plugged in my old Wii and oh. played a bit of Mario Kart.
1: That is fun.
0: So that'll be. Um. Yeah, you guys can check that out. <laughs> can you <it? laughs> oh, like? A new, no. like-
1: I believe Twitch, is that where people stream? Yeah, fuck it.
0: I'm a gamer now. I'm a full on. You're going all in. I'm a gamer. Also, I tried to buy different Wii games. They don't make new games for Wii anymore. Um, You're a retro gamer. Yeah, I'm a retro gamer. Mm. Okay. Today I Googled how to unlock new levels on Mario Kart Wii.
2: That's. I can't even understand that kind of gamer talk. I know. That's so old. (laughs) I mean, did you have to get a (laughs) converter for that?
0: (laughs) Anyway, yeah, I'm just saying we've all got stuff going on.
2: Yeah, we we totally do.
1: Well, now we've stopped plugging our stuff going on, Matt. Let's get into the show because you said it's going to be a long one, but
2: a fun one and a great one. I think this may be the longest report I've ever written. I've done more research, I think, than ever ever before. What's this like? Two and a half pages. I've, great. I honestly have spent all week with this, <laughs> and it's. I'm a bit nervous about it because. Uh, anyway, I'll, let's get into it, and then we can talk a bit about a uh, bit more about it. The way this show works for those tuning in for the first time. Uh, we each uh, take it in turns, each episode uh, and research topic and do a report on it. The other two don't know what that topic is. So Dave and Jess don't know what I'm about to tell them about. And we get on a topic with a question. Uh, the question is, the Branch Davidians were a Christian sect at the center of which tragic 1990s siege? 1990s oh. siege? Siege.
0: Oh, I think I've... If oh, you're Dave's clutching his head. If That's you, never
2: good. Because I didn't, I didn't know anything about this. I put this up to the vote. Se- oh. Seven different topics I put up to the patrons for a vote. This beats um, uh, a serial killer. Wow.
1: Right. Is it the, because I've put it up for a vote as well before and it just came second right. That time.
2: Right, interesting. It is, is it the Waco siege? It is the Waco siege. Oh. If, if I was in your position, my guess would have been under siege two. the. Oh, this time it's personal. The Seagal. Right. Film.
1: Under siege two, what is it called? It's the one on the train. It's called oh dark territory. That's the name of is Under siege really? two, dark territory. Because the whole concept is they're on a train that's out of control. Uh, it's going to smash into another train that's filled with oil. But they're on the other side of a mountain, so they're in dark territory
2: and they can't contact anyone. Wait, and that so the first one was on a on a naval ship. Yeah, with and I took that in, inland. Yeah, what a, I love it. Oh, that's a wild train did a and reverse. speed. The, yeah, speed went the other direction. They went anyway. That's too much fun, and we should talk more about that off the pod. Um, this has <laughs> suge- been suggested by a lot of people. I just did a quick browse through, so sorry if I miss your name, but it was suggested by how do you how do you say C I A N? Is that Sean? I'm going to say Sean Lanigan, David James Gaskell, Seamus Dobbs. Gunna Goodall, what a name. Wow. Nathan Wessler, Adam Stoltz, thank you, Adam, for having a pronounceable name, Anthony, <laughs> thanks for not having a surname, Ryan Campbell, and Tessa Stickland. Awesome. So it's been uh, a Molto Benny requested. That means many good requested. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's get stuck in. I should say uh, this this is a very contentious event Still, over twenty five years later, people are still debating what really happened—that sort of stuff. So I'm going to tell the story as best as I can. You, uh, if you know a lot about it, you're probably going to disagree with stuff. But just know that I'm—I'm I'm having a bloody go. Mm. Uh, and yeah, I think if you are—if you feel passionate about this, maybe you shouldn't listen to this. Cool. All right. All right. Um,
1: well, I'm turning off because I'm really passionate.
2: Uh, okay. Well, fair warning, Dave. If you're going to keep those headphones on. Enter at your own risk. The key man in the Waco siege is a man. Do would you remember this, Dave?
1: No, because I only briefly looked into it, and then it came second. So right. I was like, put that back in the hat.
2: Yeah, I, I don't it, obviously because it it all came uh, came to a head in in the early nineties. So you wouldn't, re- I don't remember it. Yeah, not on at the, the time. news or anything. Yep. I'm sure you wouldn't, but it was huge worldwide news anyway. Mm. Uh, the key man in the Waco siege is David Koresh. He's the leader of a cult at the centre of at the Waker uh, siege. Uh, that cult being the Branch Davidians. Maybe it, some people would say it's not a cult, it's just a, it's an offshoot of a, a religion. Depending on which side of it you're yeah, on. it's you're an offshoot like,
1: of a bigger cult.
2: Cult or it's just a Christian religion. Every, the, every religion starts as a cult if you're going to call a small religion a cult. Anyway, right? So that's one thing I'm sure some people... Anyway, I'm going to try not to second guess everything I say. Mm. Koresh was born Vernon Wayne Howe. Vernon. It took me because there's an all time great St. Kilda player. He's a a Hall of Famer called Verdon Howell. And I'm like, what are the odds? But it's slightly different, so no big deal. Vernon, though. Vernon. I think classic. Can you believe it? He he changed his name to David.
0: You watched a lot of Harry Potter lately.
2: I did. I watched all of it.
0: Uncle Vernon.
2: Uh, What is he? The Red Guy's dad? (laughs) Oh, boy. I was going to say
1: the Vernon Dursley, yeah, is the only Vernon I think I know. Mm.
0: Don't it's know. A great name,
2: friend. great mm-hmm. name. Very close to Vermin.
0: Yeah. Oh, I see why she did it. <laughs> is he a rat? Is he yeah! the rat Is the rat man? <clears throat> He's a rat man. <clears throat> is he the rat man? And a scat man. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, so he was born uh, to Mother Bonnie Clark on August the seventeenth, nineteen fifty-nine, in Houston, Texas. Bonnie was only 14 or 15 when she gave birth and the father, who's uh, 18-year-old Bobby Wayne Howell, left before Vernon was born, meaning oh. he never met his dad. Um, he didn't change his name till much later, but for ease I'll, I'll just start calling him Koresh from here.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Kresh spent many of his early years in the care of his grandparents. Obviously his mum was very young and I, I guess that, that, that was one of the reasons why he was basically brought up by his grandparents. And he attended a Seventh-day Adventist church. Um, which is what the uh, the Davidians are uh, split off from. He studied the Bible and had it memorized by his teenage years. Watched a bunch of documentaries. His mum is in a lot of them, um, and she talks about how he he went through and he, he memorized the New Testament by the age. I think it was like the age of eight or something. Like I legitimately memorized. It. Well, that's how they they made it sound. He he's... page six, top left, first word. <laughs> Greg. Damn, he's good. <laughs> I've written Greg at the top of every page. <laughs> my name's Greg. It's my Bible. Um, uh, he dropped out of school to take up carpentry. Um, and oh. I know another guy who dropped out of school to take up carpentry. That's oh. my friend Matthew Flanagan. <laughs> he actually didn't He didn't drop out. He did it after year 12 anyway. It doesn't matter. In his not in, uh, in his 20s, he moved Matthew out Matthew of... Flanagan or mm. Vernon? No, we're back to Vernon. Uh, in his 20s he moved out of uh out to LA to try to make it as a rock star. It was a muso, loved shredding on the guitar.
0: Oh, okay,
2: so he's got a few hobbies going on then. He's yeah. got a lot of, you know he's d-
1: the Bible, carpentry, I guitar. i say
0: his other hobbies are religion, <laughs> which I don't think any devoutly religious person would refer to it as a hobby.
2: Yeah, that might be.
0: What are your hobbies? Religion. Jesus. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I dabble in a little <laughs> a bit of the Bible now on the side. Obviously, yeah. my main yeah, I get my main crust from carpentry. Yeah, and out on the side,
1: was on weekends.
2: As your side hustle is the Bible. Yeah, yeah, but he, he really was. He was like a, a Bible guru. He wasn't very good at studying in the traditional sense. Um, probably had dyslexia. Got teased a lot at school. He found uh school years very lonely. Um, but he loved the Bible. Um. Mm. He didn't make it as a rock star and before long returned to Texas and joined the Seventh Day Adventists.
1: Is that a band or...?
2: Uh, yes, they were a scat band. They sound a little bit like...
1: <laughs> oh,
2: tennis sax. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my favourite kind.
1: I
0: wanted to do something that wasn't the thing I've done twice. I was trying to do a switcheroo and the only so other sound I could think of... was a
2: different saxophone. Yeah. I guess the other thing Sandra, makes isn't a saxophone Is it
1: Nah It's the scat
2: man
0: the scat man
1: Do you guys remember The proud moment in our lives Last month when we were on Baker Street in London And we were listening to Baker Street What a moment play, Dave, I'll play, never a, forget that Play on an iPhone Offers Outside the Sherlock Holmes Museum uh. <laughs> Some people are having Photos of the Sherlock Holmes Museum <laughs> <laughs> And we've got <laughs> And laughing
2: about it Oh, we, we We're real fun. smart We're real smart people <laughs> That's yeah, so the songs. Uh, <laughs> songs the name of the street, <laughs> we had a good old time there. Yeah. We laughed and like laugh. <laughs> very good fun. Uh, so, Chris, okay, so he joined the seven day Adventists. yes, that's right. So, he, he was getting into an organized church, um, but he didn't get on with the church elders and was kicked out after a while. Apparently. He had a vision um, that uh, he read a passage of the Bible when he was thinking about the preacher's daughter. And he's like, this is a sign that I'm meant to be with her from God. And he went and he, he talked to the pastor or whatever. And was like, yeah, God wants me to be with your daughter. Oh, okay. And the pastor's like, no, I don't think that's what God's saying. And he's like, nah, it is. And he wouldn't drop it. And then he yeah, eventually got kicked out. That's one. Did
0: anybody consult her at all? Or he just went just go straight to... Dad and Dad go straight to no.
2: Well, I mean, look, <laughs> I think I don't look. I don't. I don't know. I read that. That's just one version of events.
1: But you read, and who were you thinking of when you were reading that?
2: I don't. But I mean, if you do believe in God, I reckon that probably does mean that if if there is an all powerful God mm. and He says date the daughter, just check in with the priest. I don't, look, I don't know. I don't know. I've ne- God's never reached out to me like that. Uh, anyway, let's go back Yet. to the, Exactly. Let's go back to the 1930s when, according to History.com, a disgruntled member of the Seventh-day Adventist church named Victor Huteff broke away and founded the Davidian movement. Um, so there, there's a whole other story. But I won't go into it, but he, he um, fought with Seventh-day Adventists Elders, he's like we're we're losing track of what we should be doing here. He wrote a thesis about it. They said they'd get back to him. Uh, A lot of them never replied. One guy did, saying, "Nah, you're on the wrong track, mate. Doesn't you? you, You're barking up the wrong bush, sort of thing." Mm. They were quoting The Simpsons even back then. And um, (laughs) funniest thing he ever said. So he went, "All right, I'm going to start my own thing," which he did. Uh, When he died, a man named Ben Roden. Uh, led an offshoot of that movement known as the Branch Davidians, and by 1962, uh, he took over Hutef's original settlement at Mount Carmel near Waco.
1: So, who took it over? Sorry,
2: Koresh. Ben Roden. Oh, Roden. Sorry, sorry. K- Koresh is at this stage is still. A, yep, he's yep. a young, f- just a youngster.
1: Gotcha. But Roden's taking it over in Waco.
2: Yes, I believe so. Ah, uh, the branches teachings, including that the Bible is literally the word of God, and they started to find clues about the apocalypse and the second coming of Christ. So they, they really took everything literally, and they they thought that all the all the meaning of life and the secrets of everything were basically in the words of the Bible.
1: Sounds like they weren't really taking it literally because they were looking for hidden messages. Yeah, okay. The literal. That's
2: true. Yeah. In nineteen seventy eight, Ben Roden died. And his wife Lois took over as leader of the branch.
0: Lois, yeah,
1: that's a leader I could get get
2: behind. Well, uh, so could Koresh, because three years later he arrived. Now twenty two, he uh, got to Mount Carmel. And according to an article in the New Yorker, he arrived in a yellow Buick. It's a bit a of, bit of flavor there. You don't. It's mm. a bit of extra detail you don't necessarily need to know. But,
1: but I like that I know it.
2: Yeah. Look, now you've got a picture in your head. Yeah, it's
1: got a surfboard Cl- on the
2: roof for some reason. <laughs> Close your eyes, Dave. What else do you see?
1: Uh, he's got fluffy dice hanging from the rear view mirror. Yep. What color are they? Red with white dots. Yep. yep. What else do you see? Uh, he's got a mullet.
2: Yes, he does. <laughs> okay.
1: Um, he wears sunglasses. Yes. Even at night.
2: Yeah, that sounds like him. Well, he wears sunglasses type glasses, but with seeing glass lenses. Ah. Li- he's listening. So you're close. To-
1: okay, and he's listening to country music. Well, I mean, probably. I mean, you're telling me. Well, I. Did you go travel back there? Yeah, I feel like a higher power was reaching out just then.
2: All right, mate.
1: Do you think you're having a... I've got to go talk
2: to the priest about... <laughs> <laughs> I've got to talk to the priest about something. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he rocked up in his yellow Buick uh, as another in a long line of disenchanted Seventh-day Adventists in search of a purer church. He was not slick or charismatic. These is all words from the New Yorker. In, not in the conventional sense. Anyway. Much like our
1: Jess
0: Perkins. not. Hey, <laughs> not I, in am, the... I am slick though,
2: but not in the conventional sense.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm unconventionally slick, <laughs> in that I'm very
2: oily. How much? A, well, <laughs> how much of this description do you relate to? He was thin, with long, wavy, dark hair, and a gentle manner.
0: I'm. Are you? I. Oh, I'm flustered that you called me
2: thin. I'm saying, look. <laughs> You got long wavy hair. You got a gentle manner. <laughs> well, you're hyperventilating over there. A little bit. <sighs> he was good with engines and guns, and he played in a rock band.
1: Yes, you entered a battle of the bands and lost.
2: His formal education was limited. His vocabulary, which is a word I struggle with, unfortunately, <laughs> his vocabulary there it is. was full of words of his own invention. <laughs> Which I like.
0: <laughs> hey, Shakespeare made up a lot of words exactly. too Damn that right. we
2: still use. Hey, Shakespeare made hey. up a lot. Of- hey. hey, hey, that was yeah, just a couple of them. That's his yeah. defence. Remember in Hammond when he was like, hey. Hey. hey, 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 I'm talking to a ghost here. <laughs> hey, look at me holding a skull over here. Yeah, I know them. I know them words of the see Bard.
0: Twelfth Night next week. Oh, oh, I saw it a couple of weeks ago. Did Hamm- you? I did. Is it good? Am I one? Going to enjoy Melbourne
1: Theatre Company. I will oh, okay. say it is a bit of a delightful rump. Very That's silly, cool.
2: but Twelfth Night is very silly. Brilliant. I tell you what, you two and your affluent East weekend behaviours. Oh, I just off to see some high theatre. <laughs> you know, you know what they
1: don't. Tell? Did you know this? That uh, Colin Hay from Men at Work is in it. Get fucked. I'm not kidding. I was watching, so it's a very musical Shakespeare. So I've seen it a couple of times, and both times they put music in. They're playing a lot. He's playing a, a jester type, very funny. It's this Scottish. I'm sitting in the the second row, is very close, but he's got lots of makeup on, and I'm thinking to myself, that guy looks a lot like Colin Hay, but surely they would have advertised the show as having Colin Hay if Colin Hay was in it. Walking into the foyer, there is a, people having programs, and there's it's Colin Hay.
0: That is awesome. Frank
1: Woodley's in it. Great.
0: I'm so excited. It was going to be the reason we got tickets over a year ago is because it was going to (sighs) be Jeffrey Rush. And then Jeffrey Rush has been in court a lot lately. So he's not playing it, but Frank Woodley is. So I'm still pretty excited, to be
2: honest. Frank Woodley and Colin Hay.
0: Why didn't they advertise Colin Hay? I have no idea. Whoa! Sorry to derail. Sorry but... that that's ruined cool. a surprise for you. No, but it's
2: very. It was, he, and he, he was very good. at work. Does he sing? Does he
0: sing?
1: Stuff? Yeah, lots of singing.
0: So I would. I reckon I, I would have recognised his voice Yeah, that's exactly the song I have. Had no, in my head. he does a
1: lot of. Uh, he, he plays a twelve-string guitar. Very nice. Fuck
2: yeah! Oh, I'm so excited. I would have thought it'd be a lute or something.
1: There is a bit of sort of lute action in in the
2: music. Loot on, son. <laughs>
1: Sorry to derail you there, <laughs> Maddie
2: please. That's exciting. Why did
0: I get... Oh, because we were talking about the Hamlet.
2: Hey! It sounds like they're, they're making Shakespeare fun. <laughs> Woodley and... Ha- that does sound great. Yeah. Which one's Twelfth Night? Is that the one with the Tempest? Uh, <laughs> very good.
1: It's uh, Sue it's, it's two with two twins. Ah, uh,
2: two twins. That wash up The on perfect a... number of twins in my book.
1: Yes, that wash up on a beach and they're even though different genders, very uh, identical and they swap... Oh, right. I'm a boy playing. Yeah, that kind of thing. And if if no one can, it's because it's quite, it's a bit of a farce, but they can't believe it. Oh, my goodness. But you look exactly like him. But you're saying you're a girl? Oh, my goodness. But yeah, you go along
2: with the fun. It's a bit of fun. It's a bit of fun. Yeah. Shakespeare plays are meant to be stupid and mocked. Right. I'm
0: I'm sorry that we're taking. (laughs) That's what he wrote.
2: That's why he wrote them. Some
0: culture in the cultural hub of Australia, Melbourne. Yeah. Sorry about that. Oh, mm, I'm sorry. Freaking Everyone... Shane Bourne named his kid Mel. That feels like something Shane Bourne
1: would do, you know? <laughs> yeah. Mel Bourne. I think it was sound a little something like this.
0: Hello, welcome to Thank God You're Here. <laughs> I'm Shane Bourne. It's my impression of
2: Shane That's Bourne. spot on. It's not bad. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, still going on this description uh, of... Oh, great. Oh, sorry, caress. so he's,
1: he's thin... Not charismatic, but he's making up words making left, up right, words. and center.
2: He wore dirty jeans, T-shirts, and sneakers. And after study sessions. Oh, my God. Jess
1: is showing us her filthy pants.
0: i was <laughs> <laughs> showing you that I'm wearing sneakers. I assumed you already knew I was wearing jeans because you could You're see You're
2: wearing them. a T-shirt, jeans, and sneakers.
0: Yes. I'm always in those three things. Uh,
2: well... Is this true of you? After study sessions, would gather some of the other young men and head into Waco to drink beers and play some rock and roll. That sounds like me. Okay, so he's a party dude. all about rock and roll. Yeah, it sounds like sometimes some accounts talk about him like that and other ones other times. Anyway, we'll get, get through that. The New Yorker article goes on to say, though, that when it came to the Bible, he was without peer. One of the Davidians later wrote that the first few times he heard Koresh speak, he was convinced that this was of God and that Koresh made scripture come alive. He showed that all of the prophets in the Bible were writing more for for our day than for their own time. So when he talked about it, people were like, Yeah, this is this speaks to me now. And that that same guy talked about it when Lois was in charge and her teachings, and they were like, I don't know about this. And then Koresh came in and, and And he was like, Whoa, this is all this is talking to me. Apparently just have really had something about him.
1: But he's not that charismatic off book. But as soon as he starts reading the
2: Bible, people are like, okay. He's unconventionally charismatic and he just but people who who are looking for um, answers, they really find stuff with him. And not like not idiots who don't know anything about the Bible or anything. These are people who are already searching and are um making their way through different, uh, like I read about people who were trying all these different sects of Christianity before finding Koresh and being like, wow, this guy, this guy has got me. Um, It was Koresh's way with the Bible that saw him become a popular member of the church and along the way become romantically involved uh, with its 60-something-year-old leader, Lois Roden.
1: Oh, wow, he's gone with the leader.
2: According to AETV.com, he reportedly told her he was destined to father a child with her, which I don't think happened.
0: Because um, she was over 60.
2: Yeah, but I think they it's were. possible. They had a crack, mm. I believe. But uh, I don't believe there was a, a, a child born.
1: Because twice he's been wrong with destiny so far. Uh,
2: in mm. the following years, Lois also passed away and her son George Roden took over. A battle for control of the sect flared up between George and Koresh. Apparently, George didn't appreciate Koresh's relationship with his mum. Right, was yeah, George, amongst yep. other things,
1: is George older than
2: Koresh? <laughs> I, I, I am. I don't know this for sure, but I, I picture them to be of a similar right. age. But maybe George might have been a was probably a little bit older.
1: Can't imagine. And you're getting a feeling that there's a few of these members, or it's pretty exclusive at this stage.
2: Uh it varies, but it's um. People are sort of coming and going. People, yep. are, people are moving over. But he's also—I'll talk about it a little bit. But he travels; he goes all around the world talking to people about like this. Rec- recruiting. And, type and thing? so it's a very international flock uh, at Mount Car- Carmel. Um, an article in the LA Times from nineteen ninety-three. Uh, which I think was written during the siege, tried to piece together Koresh's story from interviews. And they stated that at one point in the late 80s, Koresh split from the group at uh, Mount Carmel and took his followers to Palestine in Texas, where they lived in buses and primitive shacks. Um, so for a little while, he's like, there was a bit of a, there was a rupture and he goes, all right, people who are with me, we're going out uh, to this other town in Texas and we're going to hang out here for a while. And they lived there for a bit. Um, but they say he returned uh, to stake his claim on the Waco property and ended up engaging in a gun battle with the then leader, George Roden. Whoa. Didn't see that coming. Yeah, I read a few, like wow. ev- everyone who reported on it, it was often a throwaway line in these um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> articles on this story because I guess they're trying to get to the bigger story, which we're on the way to as well. But, yeah, I was like, whoa, that's wild. And I, in one uh, one version of it I read, uh, one of, I think George said to um, Koresh, let's see who can bring a body back from the dead. Then you'll, we'll know who's the real leader. Right.
1: Has anyone claimed to be able to do that? Or no, he, I don't think that's he a like, he's throwing yeah, down. yeah, it's
2: like, uh, but, uh, this is from history.com. In a gun battle in late 1987, George Roden was shot in the head and chest and Koresh and seven followers went on trial for attempted murder. The seven other men were acquitted and Koresh's case ended in a mistrial. So Koresh was a free man. What?
1: Right. And you say Whoa. attempted murder. So he's not, he didn't, he
2: didn't die. He didn't die. No. Shot big, in the
1: head.
0: And chest. That's amazing. Yeah. Those are the big two. And yeah. then he
2: ended up. Um, oh, sorry.
0: The third being the butt.
2: Yeah. Head, <laughs> chest and butt. Two of the big three. Uh, he 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 ended up getting in trouble for other things, George Roden. So he was off, off the scene. Um, through the 80s and into the early 90s, Koresh continued to travel to recruit followers and set himself up in a number of locations, often in california one man who was introduced to koresh when he was out recruiting um talked to their meeting he he didn't he didn't get involved but he remembered the brief meeting saying the night i met koresh he asked me would you die for christ i said i guess so (laughs) he said would you kill for him i said no and he turned to my friend and said hey you just brought me another weak christian
3: Oh. Right.
2: Um, at some point around 1986 or 87, Kresh lived in San Bernardino in California. There he is said to have lived a strictly uh, biblical life, as in uh, strictly observing biblical teachings, including even cautioning a friend against laughing and also observing a Friday night through Sunday night Sabbath, which is a long Sabbath and I think. That laughing one, I'm not sure where that comes from because it sounds like for the most part, generally, that's not how he was. He was, everyone was... He was having a good time. Jeez, it depends on who you're talking to, though. Uh, On one side, he was like full psychopath and other people like, no, he was a, a, you know, he was a nice guy for the most part. Just, yeah, depending on who who you're hearing from. He just told people to stop laughing. (laughs) Yeah, which is a bit of an odd one. The Times article also suggests... He was seen driving expensive cars and riding a Harley Davidson motorcycle to bars like the Whiskey a Go Go and the Roxy on Sunset Strip, partying with other musicians.
1: God intended it. Yeah, I don't Harley remember Davidson.
2: reading in the Bible, Thou shalt not ride a hog.
1: <laughs>
2: Thou shalt not be a
1: badass
2: on two wheels. <laughs> Get him a Segway. <laughs> Uh, in the following years, he set up a house in Laverne in California, where he took multiple wives, and there uh, there were accusations that some of those were underage. Robin Buns, um, <laughs> sorry, one of, the, one of the wives. Robin Ro- Buns. Ro- Robin Buns. What have you been
1: up to? Just Robin Buns.
2: <laughs> the um, so there was there was an inquiry in, um, into the underage um, relationships there, and nothing came of it. Um, but one of the wives, or one of the women he was with, who was a, an older lady, I believe, or de- of, of age, Robin Buns, accused him of stealing their son. Um, and she went to the cops and they intervened and, and brought the boy back to her. So, there's, you know, slightly weird things going on. Um, she described Koresh as charismatic and said, unless you get on his bad side, he's a very nice person adding that he was only ever verbi- verbally abusive, uh, never physical. Oh. Except for that time he shot a guy in the head and chest.
1: Hmm.
2: Yeah. That, well, I mean, that was in a fight. I don't know. that, yeah, that's such a weird, feels like in any other story I'd be building up to that gunfight. Totally. But then this is just like a little footnote <laughs> yeah. as I cruise through.
1: Which makes me think <laughs> some crazy shit's going to happen
3: yeah.
2: later. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Koresh traveled around the world to preach, including through the USA, Israel, Britain, and Australia. Uh, he spent time here in, in Melbourne, even, I believe. He preached that he was a prophet who communicated with God, and he prophesied about the second coming of Christ and the imminent end of the world. Uh, whilst in Australia, he recruited a woman named Mary Smith. And she traveled to California to spend time with Koresh at the Laverne House. She has since described Koresh as a man who appeared to be growing more and more irrational as time went on, saying that when she first met him in Australia, he was quite gentle and mild mannered. Uh, but the last time she saw him in Laverne, he was ranting and roaring and hitting a bed uh, with a boat paddle, <laughs> saying that he would use the paddle to spank both adults and children.
1: Okay. <laughs> the transition to nut job is complete.
2: Yeah. So that, and that's something that, um, uh, I I saw other people on some docos talking about it. Like he would not just he would spank children at the uh, the houses he kept, but also yeah he would punish adults with spanking as well. <laughs> for the, so I shouldn't laugh at that. It's just a funny visual. Yeah, boat paddle. It's all a bit a bit odd. Um, <laughs> so we jump. what's a bit of spanking between cultish friends.
0: It's fine.
2: So he jumped around a bit, collecting followers as he went. Uh, but by the 90s, he was well and truly in control of the Branch Davidians' leadership at Mount Carmel uh, with Rodan out of the way and it, and by now had legally changed his name to David Koresh, apparently. History.com states that Koresh is the Hebrew translation of Cyrus, the Persian, the Persian king who conquered Babylon and allowed the Jews to return to Israel. Um, I saw in a documentary... Uh, Koresh talking about it himself, though, and he goes, Do you know what Koresh means? And they're like, No, nah. he goes, it means death, which is okay. something. Yeah, that's a different take. Uh, Koresh, I, I'm I guess, I'm David bo-
0: Death, is what he's saying. Both could be
2: true, I guess. Death-
0: Hello, I'm Davy Death.
2: <laughs> Sounds like a like a daring magician. Davy Death. Ooh. Dun, dun. Sparks, sparks. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun.
0: Knives, knives. <laughs> 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 yeah. So that's Dave's new side project. <laughs> David Sorry. Death.
1: Davey Death, how are we all doing? No laughing. <laughs> I will spank you with this paddle. Oh. oh.
2: Okay. When the magic ma- start?
1: And this mattress is going to get a punching. <laughs> Don't make me angry. Don't. Now, a volunteer. <laughs> Nobody. Nobody's volunteer. <laughs> no. Okay, guys, this is supposed to be a fun magic What, show. I'm holding
0: a knife and I threatened to punch you. Okay, come on.
2: I did say, like, I just realised I said, uh, I quoted someone saying he never got violent and I reckon maybe the next sentence I talked about how he spanked adults and children. So
1: Maybe that was from her experience. She was saying he never got violent right, to me as true. his partner. There yeah. are... He threatened me but he, with verbal stuff. And he did
0: spank me but it was a different kind of spanking and mm. it was consensual and I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> that's her talking. So that's
1: just reading between the They're lines. They're
2: talking through you? <laughs> there, there are. I mean, there's so many contradictions the whole way through this. Uh, Koresh now had around 100 followers living with him. Some say up around 150 uh, at the Mount Carmel compound outside of Waco. So it's called Waco because it's the whole thing's called the Waco Siege because the next biggest town nearby is Waco. Right. They're at this place. They've named themselves Mount Carmel. Um, how was he able to recruit so many people to live in this remote location? Well, Drew Doddle. That was a great name. Who created? Yes. There was a TV mini Drew miniseries. is a good name. I think maybe what brought this back to everyone's, sorry on the delay there, Bob. <laughs> Drew is a very good name. <laughs> um, there was a he he created a TV miniseries <laughs> called Waco that was uh, aired earlier this year, and I think that's maybe why a lot of people potentially were suggesting. I, I don't this I is never true Drew, heard Drew of it. made the series. Drew Dodal Do- 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 Do with his brother.
1: Drew short for Drusifer.
2: Drusifer. <laughs> Druce of a Doddle Inch.
1: So I was laughing over here. <laughs> it <made me> laugh.
2: <laughs> Have a good chuckle at a thing you uh,
1: thought. <laughs> so, uh, Druce, Druce, of a, Druce of a Doddle uh, made a documentary.
2: No, not a documentary, a, a dramatization uh, miniseries. Right. Called Waco um, uh, for cable TV in America. It was quite a big budget thing and got a lot of attention. I'm it went past me without notice. Did, I'm guessing. Could.
0: I'm a big budget thing and I get a lot of attention.
2: That's true. That is very but true. Never enough. <laughs> never enough. Could someone give Jess some attention? Dave, please. I won't look at her. Oh, Dave. I
1: need this.
2: I'm afraid. Still closing my eyes and
1: imagining him in that Buick. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Tell us, what else can you see? That,
1: that mullet is flying.
0: What color is the uh, upholstery on the it's interior? Like a, it's like a tan. Okay. Tan,
1: And it's got a bench seat in the back. So if you weren't strapped in around the corners, you'd be all mushing into each other. Mushing?
2: Yeah. Wow. Is that that opposed to it like any other car?
1: But, you know, uh, (laughs) I suppose.
2: No, this is different. (laughs) 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 Uh, So anyway, Doddle or Dowdle, he spoke to Vanity Fair earlier this year saying, when they were like, how how did he recruit all these people? He said... He had this appeal and he was just a very personable guy. But one thing that surprised me is just how knowledgeable he was. A lot of followers first became familiar with David through these bootleg cassette tapes that were being passed around in biblical circles. They would hear these tapes and say, wow, this guy's interpretation of scripture and the book of Revelation in particular is unlike anything I've ever heard.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So conversational.
2: (laughs) Wow. wow. <laughs> hey, Jenny, have you heard this new
1: tape? No.
0: What is it?
1: It's unlike anything I've ever heard. <laughs> is, this the, is this the Dramedy? <laughs> the high-budget thing? A, a scene from it?
2: Yeah. Montage true, of him recruiting
1: people? Just people on the beach, like, listing on their little walkmans.
2: People, people have said that maybe the, 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 <laughs> that miniseries, they, were like, they wanted to explore, like, how does someone get to have a 150 people sort of living mm. under them like that. And they're like, obviously, there's got to be something about him. So they were exploring that more. And some people say, well, well they're really try- humanizing this guy. Um,
1: right. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: Cause a lot of uh, suffering.
1: Sure. Sure. But I mean, there's got to be before the suffering. There's got to be reasons for people to live with him. Yes. Right? See, they, that. Well, that's
2: right. That, I think there's nothing's black and white. Right. No. And that, this story, ah. more than anything. A zebras. Um, <laughs> that's a very good point. <laughs> I always mm. forget about the zebra. Your
0: shirt that you're wearing right oh now God. is I black feel like and white. A,
2: a real fool. Alright, apart from this shirt and zebras.
0: Newspapers before colour printing came in.
2: <sighs> what about the green Guard?
0: Well played. <laughs> Check
2: mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, chessboards. <laughs>
0: uh black and white TVs are black and
1: white. Damn it. What else is black and white? Mm.
2: Oh. Yeah. That's about it.
1: I'll get back to you on that one. Everything else. What about Shades of
2: Mm? Grey?
0: Think about it. Yes, but how many Shades Mm. of Grey? 49.
2: Mm. Nice.
0: Dave, (laughs) you know how I am with numbers. I knew
1: that would set you off. That's why I did it.
2: One more. I cause trouble. But you quite enjoy the number 69.
0: That's for different reasons.
2: (laughs) You're always saying it's a nice number. <laughs> but I guess it is sort of round as three thirteens. It's probably something you like about it.
1: What? It is not three thirteens. Fuck. Is it three It's thirty-nine.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what is it? How many thirteens is it? That's no Why amount of thirteens. It's three twenty threes. Three twenty threes. That's oh, what I'm, I do
0: like that. So I it's say twenty three,
2: funny Dave. <laughs> Stop teasing me about it. Three thirteens plus t- Ten each. I say, I say twenty-three, like thirteen. When I say twenty-three, that's my brain actually saying dibbity do. <laughs> so it's a very com- complicated system. Mm. But if I think dibbity do, my mouth says twenty-three. Mm. If I think thirteen, I say twenty-three. <laughs> All right. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's not right, is it? <laughs> I reckon if you started a cult, everyone would join. <laughs>
0: yeah, you're so charismatic. Yeah. Wow. I'd move across the world. Student. I got to tell
1: you, I don't know how charismatic someone would have to be to make. I'm not. I don't know. Imagine they're living in not the most comfortable conditions. 150 people. Like they don't. I don't think they've planned for the infrastructure. Probably for yeah. for beautiful en suites and such.
2: Uh, I think it's not a. Ba- it's not not too, too bad. bad. I think it's it's a pretty nicely built place. Every. Again, depending on who you talk to, some people are like, everyone was so happy, it was quite a nice <laughs> some, place to some live. Some people like... Honestly? And other people are like, like, often a, a relative of someone who was in there, they were like, it was, you know, they were brainwashed. Yeah. Some people who um, are still around say, no, it was different from that. Others are like, who have got out of like, it was a nightmare. Just like, how many different versions of the same reality is fascinating in itself. Yeah. Um, But anyway, wow, this guy's interpretation of Scripture and the Book of Revelation in particular is unlike anything I've ever seen or heard. Um, They had to go to Waco to listen to this guy speak. It was like he was a biblical savant. So that's me finishing that great Drew Dowdle. quote. Yeah, right, right.
0: They simply had to.
2: They had to. And they did. I mean, people literally like about a quarter of the people there, I think, or maybe a bit less than that were from the U.K., there were definitely quite a few Australians. There were people from all around, all over America. Um, it was a real mix of of people, ages, races, uh, countries. Everything was uh, It was just a, it was a big mix. And everyone, they, apparently life there was at night, they'd all sit in a room and they'd talk about the Bible, sometimes for six hours, sometimes for eight hours, sometimes for 14 hours, and they'd just debate. It wasn't like he was preaching saying this is how it is apparently. Apparently there was a lot of discussion, people were able to question him and that and they just sat around, according to the people who would speak positively at the time, just just discussing the Bible.
0: That sounds awful to me and I'm not talking specifically about the Bible part. That's fine. Just
2: sitting for that long.
0: Sitting and talking for that long.
1: About anything.
2: Into the night. and um, No,
0: I need, I am recently discovered from a... Internet quiz, and introverted extrovert. Ah, oh. which means I need my time. I need to back off. You know, you can I do need both. To... Yeah. Well, yeah. No, I appear ex- extroverted, but I'm actually.
2: Oh yeah, I believe that.
0: Thank you. Yeah, I... I
2: believe in you. That sounds like that sounds like that's nutted you. An internet quiz has got you.
0: It fucking nailed it me. Got. I, you. And then from there, a listicle. Yeah. And I could relate to all of them. And I thought, oh, my God, I finally understand me. Yeah. So 14 hours of just being around other people, oh, man, exhausting. No. Right. No. Yeah. Need to walk away taking for a Taking your please. energy.
2: Taking, yeah. taking. Zapping. Zapping.
0: Zapping my energy. Mm. They're taking it all from me and they're not giving anything back. Sorry for hitting your microphone, Dave.
2: You yeah. said it like you weren't sorry.
0: Yeah, I was just really worked up. I'm really sorry. Are you okay? Do you need a
1: break from this? Maybe.
2: <laughs> you introvert. <laughs> uh, back in 1984, Koresh had married a teenage Branch Davidian named Rachel Jones, and together they had two children. He has had so many wives, though, through the story and so many children that it it's hard to keep up. Uh, but I think Rachel Jones might be his only legal wife. Sounds like he had at least a dozen kids with uh, multiple wow. women.
0: But didn't actually uh, sort of go through the ceremony of I think just marrying it, them? Just legally, probably. I think,
2: yeah, I don't think you could in America marry multiple yeah. wives. Um, and I, that's why I say legal wife because according to biography.com, his teachings included the practice of spiritual weddings. So not legal weddings, spiritual weddings, which enabled him to bed God-chosen female followers of all ages and um, with those followers, he he fathered, you know,
0: lots of kids,
2: Multo kids. Yep. Um. What does that mean? Uh, that means very good kids, right? And okay. many of them, many,
1: nice, very many kids. And did they know what was causing? Them? uh
2: yes. <laughs> yes. It was, spiritual weddings. It was. Yeah, I think it was bending rules. <laughs> uh in interviews with Branch Davidians, they talked about how it made them feel special to be chosen by Koresh to be their wife because it was like God was choosing them himself. And, yeah, this is where it gets particularly a bit fucked because yeah. he it wasn't just adult women. It sounds like he was potentially grooming quite young girls uh, and marrying them, like, yep. 12-ish. Oh, no. Oh, God. I feel like I should make it pretty clear. Uh, he was fucked. Like... Uh yeah. There's
0: a there, seventeen and eleven months I could still it's not great, but it's like okay. But twelve
2: Apparently in in Texas at the time, I believe that I, I'm pretty sure I read that um with parental consent, I think fifteen was the legal age. Whoa. With parental consent. Oh, that's,
0: that's still which so I think he low. he
2: because of because his followers were so with him. This like these women. We're talking about the husband and wife have moved there to learn. He's gone. I'm going to marry your wife. You're celibate now, and that would happen. And the and the husbands would be like, you know, okay. Oh my god. You well, he they saw him as you know some sort of a a prophet and and working directly through God. This is what God wants. Yeah, it's very like this is something a lot of people talk about. Like it's very it's hard like most people like hear this and go, I don't understand it. And I'm like, yeah, that is, yeah. I, I just can't imagine ever being in that position where you're like, yes, okay. But I guess if, almost if you fully like believe that he is God yeah. or God's working through him, yeah, you know, how, how, where do you draw a line if yeah. you're going, I'm here because of this? So I guess once you're that far in, but that wasn't the case there. A lot of people left because of that. They're like, no, nah, this is not right. That's weird. So- and that doesn't
0: feel like, to me, as someone who went through 13 years of Catholic education, that doesn't feel like something that God would be asking of you. Right. So, if yeah, it's interesting having that kind of that perspective on it and going, well, yeah, this is sort of what they thought and how they felt, but it's still so hard to fathom going, yeah, okay, great. Yeah. what an honor thank you so much
2: yeah it does it is like why would yeah why
0: would god want this absolutely take my wife
2: there was one one guy one of the uh husbands said at one point before i think he was an aussie guy uh he he was like he questioned it at first he goes is this god working through him or is this just horny old david and he's like and he ended up thinking no i think this is God-wing. God works. So he—he—it's not what, like so he, he just. He had a little
1: flicker. Yeah, he was
2: like, "I'm." He was trying to figure it out, so he was still analyzing it.
1: <laughs> so and he said that to David. Is this horny old David? He went, "No, nah, no, nah, it's
2: God. Oh, just okay. checking,
1: <laughs> just checking.
2: <laughs> have to mean, do my due diligence? It would
1: have been weird if
2: I didn't, right? <laughs> yeah. Put yourself in my shoes. Anyway, I, thank you. I'm glad I asked, and I'm sorry if I offended you. I'm going to go back to the celibate level no of worries. the compound. Catch you guys later, and join it up there in your harem. See you later, harem. Never said that word out loud before. (laughs) Harem. Harem. In interview, oh, no, I've just said that. Uh, A lot of these women were already married. I've said that too. This is what the problem with going off script is I'll say things and forgetting that I've written them down. Um, So, Koresh divided the men and the women up. The men lived on the ground floor and uh, the women lived upstairs, coincidentally. uh, I think. That is also where Koresh (laughs) lives.
1: Guys, it's just a planning thing. It just worked out this way. Yeah. My room is also where all your wives are. I just (laughs) want to
0: be close because I need to break up all the pillow fights that women have. Yeah. It's just one big sleepover up there Mm. and it's just pillow fights and cat fights and it's it's just easier if I'm there. They
1: respect me. I
0: don't have to run up the stairs and be like, girls, what's going on? Like I can just go,
1: oi, stop. I'd much rather hang out with you and have a boys' night. Yeah. I've got to go up there. Duty calls. Sorry, but hey, have fun without me.
2: Yeah. Oh, it's going to be hard up yeah. there without all my boys. It's going to be hard up there. Let me hear my boys. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, God wants me to. God bless. All right,
1: boys, boys, boys. <laughs> all
2: right, leaders, leaders, leaders. As he's taking his shirt and pants off, yeah. going up the stairs, <laughs>
1: and he just yells, "Woo!" <laughs>
2: Off to bed anyway. Hitting the Bible. All right. See you in the morn. All, right. Hey, uh, All no. right. All right. All right. Shutting the door. Just talking out the crack in the door. All right. All right. All right. All right. He just it Later. Later.
1: Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. He just locks the
2: door.
0: <laughs> he does something.
2: Techno music. So <laughs> he
0: does this every night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go again. Oh, gotta go upstairs. Bloody listen to them <laughs> yammering
1: on. You know what they're like. He's <laughs> just fully erect as he says this. <laughs> Cuts, back <to> a group. <laughs> Cuts back to a group of like smiling men just nodding like, yeah, yeah, no worries. Yeah. God, Dave is such a good guy. Yeah. I would never want to do that. I'd never yeah. want to break up all those, those pillow vibes. Good on him. Mm-hmm. for. So Dave. glad I get to hang out down here with you, Gary. Take him on for the team. You, Keith. <laughs> We're a great team. <laughs> yeah. You- <laughs> Me, Gary. And the Bible. This is fun, isn't it? isn't it? I'm glad I sold our house and moved us to Waco. I used to have a wife. Now I've got Gary and Keith and the
2: Bible. Shall we uh, start from the top again? Yeah.
1: This really does seem like God's plan. <laughs>
2: it's in mysterious ways. Uh. Koresh's study of the Bible led him to believe he had cracked the code of the seven seals in the book of Revelation. (laughs) He
0: hacked the mainframe.
2: Yeah. Well, apparently, and so this meant that he believed he could predict the apocalypse, and due to this he told his followers that God wanted them to build an army and that they needed to start stockpiling weapons. Whoa, That
0: doesn't feel like something that will end well.
2: uh, Yeah.
0: Foreshadowing.
2: Oh, that, I mean, you're skipping ahead a little bit there, but yeah, it's um, th- this doesn't end well. <laughs> okay. um, this, is what, uh, this is what they did. They started stockpiling weapons. Uh, in 1992, a postie delivered a package to Mount Carmel, but it uh, dropped on the doorstep and, and the lid broke off, and uh, that revealed that it was full of hand grenades. The postie saw this and alerted the authorities to it.
1: So did he still take a signature?
2: Yeah, he took the signature. So he's just like, yeah, oh, yeah, cool. yeah, just
1: enjoy these hand grenades. You I mean,
2: have... well, whatever it is. I don't know what it is. I'm yeah. not looking. Your own business, your own I
0: love business. that he's like, oh, the top of it opened. Yeah, okay, you peaked. Yeah. You fucking peaked.
2: Have you yeah, thought... it fell and it broke. Okay. Well, You're ne- going through everyone's mouth. Oh, of
1: course you are. So that's never happened to any <laughs> package I've ever received, and I've never ordered hand grenades, something that needs like a seal to work much more than any of the things I buy. Yeah. What do you buy? Uh.
2: Well... Dave's going through things he can say. Proximity mines and uh-huh,
0: okay.
2: uh-huh. That's
0: a... It's interesting that that came out, not like clothes, books, <laughs>
2: proximity <laughs> mines. Yeah. I've never heard that. <laughs> That's from James Bond Goldeneye. <laughs> <laughs> the video game?
0: Yeah. Is it because I inspired you with all my gamer yeah. chat? Yeah, that
1: was so cool.
0: Thanks for trying to impress me with your gamer lingo. Yeah, but, I love um, GoldenEye. Unless it's Mario Kart Wii, I'm not that
2: interested. Yeah. Okay, sorry. I'll
1: try again. I yeah, throw a Super shell Mario. at me or fuck off.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, he, so he called the authorities. Apparently, So that's one of the stories. I think they were probably onto him anyway because they also, um, like this is something that, didn't come up a lot, and then I just started reading about in the last couple of days that they, a lot of them work jobs, like um, some would go home and work for a few months and some money, come back. Oh. They, the collective also had uh, a business in town, which was a a legal gun shop. Um, Okay. There's another guy who worked in IT. So uh, so you're probably, you're picturing like guys in robes and just, you know, nothing else going on, but there still sounds like in part living so it's a community because yeah. a
0: lot of the times with anything that's a bit culty, they can't leave or if you do, you're shunned or, right. you know, bad things can happen to you. But if they're, like, leaving and working for a few months and then coming back or then, that's that's odd and amazing.
2: Yeah, so this is what, it feels like it, I, I I have not been able to get my head around yeah. it at all.
1: Also, owning a gunshot makes it really easy to stockpile weapons, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I, but I think the problem was the weapons they were stockpiling, um, the, well, one of the accusations is they were stockpiling semi-automatic weapons and converting them into automatic weapons or something like that. I don't understand guns, right. but something like that. They were doing something that was that were going beyond what was legal. Uh, then uh, federal, federal authorities were made aware of this and they started – um, noticing that, yeah, they do seem to be stockpiling weapons there, at the complex, and the ATF, which is the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, started watching Koresh closely. Uh, and this from an article in Time magazine. The Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms believed the community had nearly 250 weapons, including semi-automatic rifles, assault rifles, shotguns, revolvers, pistols, and hundreds of grenades.
1: Hundreds.
2: Hundreds. Yeah, it's a lot of grenades. That's
1: a lot, isn't it? Wow.
2: They sent undercover agents into the area, um, and some some of which went into the compound sort of posing as potential followers, and they were in there for quite a while. Uh, Apparently, in one of the docos I watched, they interviewed um, some past members, and they were like, it was really obvious. They moved in across the road three middle-aged men right. posing as students or something. I don't know if that's true or not, but it sounds like it was a real like pretty obvious attempt at going under ca- like a bad attempt.
1: Yeah, like how hey Bunker. how bad's the ATF am
2: I right? Yeah. Okay. Pic- <laughs> Picture that that uh, meme with um, Steve Spechamy? Bashimi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hello fellow children. Hello fellow kids. Uh The ATF put in place a plan to storm the Mount Carmel property to arrest Koresh for unlawful possession of a destructive device and to search the 77-acre compound. And on Feb the 28th, 1993, the plan was put into practice. But right from the start, things weren't going to plan. Uh, One of these documentaries I watched, uh, and i'll i'll link like the i'll link all the um documentaries and everything in the in the description if you're keen to follow up on more stuff all the articles and everything um one of them they talked about how the branch Davidians were tipped off about the raid the, one version of it was that um the media found out about it so they were in the area and then uh, a delivery man in the area <laughs> a different delivery man i suppose <laughs> um, goes oh what are you guys up to and they said oh well we've been tipped off about this thing and that guy was a branch davidian oh. so he went back and was like hey um uh... mr koresh yeah they're uh they're coming for us um, this afternoon apparently and then the atf heard about that they were made aware that they already knew was a
1: tip-off about the tip-off
2: yeah and they went ahead anyway with their surprise surprise on people that have hundreds of grenades yeah they they're going there because of the weapons and the uh, they they knew they'd lost the element of surprise, which is like the one thing keeping everyone safe, right? Yeah, that's right. Because it's um it's this is the weirdest part of it all that this raid happened. It's so strange. Uh, so they went ahead with the plan, and there's because there was media there. There's footage of it, so you can watch all this. And even though I've watched a bunch of footage, and obviously. Experts have gone right through it. It still remains unclear. There's still debate on exactly what happened 25 years later. There's still debate about who shot first. Um, the surviving uh, branch Davidians still claim it was the ATF and vice versa. Mm. What we do know is that something like 80 armed ATF agents descended on the compound and a big gun, gun battle ensued. Wow. The ATF is not naught. Like they, I don't think they'd ever really done anything like this before. It sounded like a lot of people going into it didn't really know what was, you know, right. they, they were pretty naive to it all, and um, they there were interviews with FBI agents and stuff after it, going like they were in over their heads. They right. should not have been doing this. Well, they should have called us, but they didn't. Yeah. should have called, but probably it just shouldn't have been happening. It just
1: you're uh, right. Should have called us, and we would have said,
2: "What, the, what are you doing?" Yeah, it's it doesn't make sense. Uh, it's it's not the smart way to go. Feels about like it. Feels like
0: something you'd kind of expect a SWAT team to to be, that, and something. that's
2: kind of what they look like. I mean, they were dressed up like a SWAT with the you know all the equipment oh. and the big guns and everything. But yeah, um, it's just it's havoc. The footage is is wild. One member of the Davidians, a Melbourne man named Clive Doyle, who'd actually converted into the into this faith in the '50s, so he'd been into it since before even Koresh. Uh, was born, I think, um, recalled uh, the raid in his autobiography, recounting hearing Koresh say in the compound, I want you all to go back to your rooms and stay calm. Going on to say that he could hear David's steps going down the hall towards the front door. Then all of a sudden he heard David say, Hey, wait a minute. There are women and children in here. Then all hell broke loose. Just a barrage of shots from outside coming in. It sounded like a bloodbath. So that's... That's the account of one of the Davidians. So he's right. making it sound like yeah. Dave's going, no, no, what are you Please. doing? Got his yeah. hands up type yeah. thing. The, uh, the other side is saying they sh- were shot at first. And, Guys, and there's women and children fire. out here. <laughs> what are they doing out there? <laughs> so they returned fire, and it, but it was a shootout um, which went on for quite a while. Eventually the shooting stopped and when it did, four federal agents were dead and so were six Davidians. So ten there were ten casualties in the shootout. There was also... Uh, more than a dozen uh, wounded. So uh, I think maybe even twenty odd wounded. There was quite a few uh, wounded as well. Footage of the battle and the aftermath is chaotic. Is there any grenades being used? I don't. I don't think so. I didn't. I didn't read anything about grenades or see any. Yeah, right. Because you've got so many, but they obviously cause a lot of damage. Yeah, yeah. It's.
0: I would love to have a go though.
2: At a grenade? Yeah. What would you? would do with it?
0: I'd throw it. I think he, like in a paddock or something. Yeah, I not at a person. I think you
2: can go to places in America where you can do that. I think I'd be so terrified to go off in the ha- in your hand and blow yeah. your hand. Oh
0: yeah, I'd throw it so fast. A
2: grenade in the hand is worth <laughs> something or other. I can't remember <laughs> yeah. the bit finishes, but
0: I say that, pretty, but I don't it's
2: think pretty I would. Incisive. That's wisdom. insightful.
1: Other of you ever shot a gun,
0: well, no, that's what I was just thinking because uh, I went to Thailand when I was twenty-one with a bunch of friends, and then like second last day or something, we did go to a, a shooting range and everybody had a go, and except me, I was like, mm, I'm not that interested in doing this. Yeah. So no, I don't. I take back what I said. Yeah. right. But I just like throwing things, so maybe I'll well, just throw a ball around.
2: Are you thinking of the game Worms? Because that that is fun. That is and a lot of fun. And you throw grenades and that.
0: Yes. Games, yeah, gaming.
2: I, I sh- and then you also say, ha, you missed. <laughs> <laughs> and you know they're going to come back. I've got a team on, uh, I haven't played in a while, but I, I don't know, maybe my old phone had a Worms game and I named my team after the members of Grinder Man because they have a song called Worm Tamer. It's very clever. That is great. <laughs> Nick Cave was a wuss. You know, I would say stuff like that at the end, which is funny. Nick Cave won the Coward Award. They'd name awards <laughs> at the end of the game for a second. Hey, he did his bloody best video game. Yeah. I I I remember vaguely shooting a gun when I was a kid.
1: When Where would you? Kid? On a farm or something? Yeah, because
2: the first few years of my life were out in the country, in country Victoria, and that's obviously a bit more common there. Mm. Um, yeah, I went spotlight. I remember going spotlighting. Yeah,
0: my brother's got guns legally, and they're all locked up and everything.
2: Where, what does he do with them, though?
0: Yeah, they, they'd they go hunting or
1: just... Like for rabbits or something.
0: Yeah. He and my dad went to the shooting range together, which was quite... I was a bit surprised by that, but also like, well, I guess you're doing activities together. That's nice. <laughs> nice father-son time, I guess. Mum and I are going to go get brunch. <laughs>
1: so... And they're like, can you imagine getting brunch?
2: <laughs> what is wrong with those two? Yeah, Let's go somewhere where we can't hear each other talk because yeah. of the loud noises. <laughs> That's beautiful. I forgot
0: dad listens. Hi, dad. Sorry. Hi, John.
2: Keep on shooting. <laughs> sh- shooty.
0: <laughs> maybe I'm just acting out because I wasn't invited, you know? Yeah. So I didn't even think maybe we should see if Jess wants to come. Yeah. And I would have said.
2: <gasps> I bet you they had brunch as well.
0: Fuck. Do yeah. you reckon?
2: I reckon you can do both. Fuck, that's cute. I reckon you should yeah. do both. You got to eat. You got to eat. Mm. Shoot a gun, smash an avocado. That's what I always say. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So the footage. Pretty chaotic. Um, During the, when it kicks off, you see multiple agents climbing up onto the roof. And I saw this across so many different videos. This was probably the most famous part of the raid. So it's different angles. Well, there's one main shot because I think early on there wasn't that much media there. As the siege went on, more um, came. But there's, uh, I think it's like three or four agents have climbed a ladder up onto the roof. So, some are breaking down the window and going in. Oh, that's brave. The one remaining on the roof, he starts to get shot at through the wall. Whoa. Whoa. So he gets hit a few times. Um and you can seeing the gunshots come through the wall at him and and he sort of retreats. And that's like that's the, that's all I, I imagine that's probably one of the most iconic bits of the footage is I think I yeah, I think that guy survived. Right. I think, so that's I, like- I, think I I think I saw him um jump down at back down the ladder well,
1: that's full action movie being shot through something yeah it you know, shooting people through a table or something it's yeah. crazy
2: so yeah it just feels like there a lot of mistakes were made just like they were sold out by their whether you know the decision makers a little bit sort of being thrown into thrown to the wolves kind of um then uh when the shooting stops you can see the atf agents so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. If it's your first ever website or your business is expanding...
0: Capture that New York market. Yeah, You mentioned vlogging as well. If you're into vlogging, you can organise your video library, showcase your content on beautiful video pages, sell access to your videos with member areas. The possibilities are endless.
2: Now head to squarespace.com do go on for a free trial and save 10% on your first purchase of a website or domain. Retreating? And this is apparently people who are on the inside, the Davidians, were like, this is the first time I saw how many they were. They're like, this is wild what there's it's like an army out there which is also kind of plays into what um koresh was preaching they're going to come for us it's going to be a big army these are passages right. from the bible that say mm. such things um but they were so they're retreating pulling the wounded away there there aren't enough one of the guys interviewed um he was like there wasn't enough room for me in any of the trucks so they had to put me on the bonnet and there's footage of him the uh one of the um police Cars, trucks, slash mm. ute trucks rolling down the road with him on the bonnet with people holding him onto the bonnet just because there's nowhere for him to be treated. They're driving him away to be wow. treated via a bonnet of a car. So it's just havoc. This is like a, supposedly a planned raid, you know. It shouldn't end like that. Yeah, wow. Not that I'm any expert on such things, but it just seems like... Feels
1: like an expert should have been consulted. Mm. Yeah, it just
2: it feels... Yeah, so this is... a most people say that was all a big mistake. Then there were questions being asked by the media, like why didn't they arrest Koresh outside the compound? Like when he was out doing his shopping or whatever.
1: Right. Yeah. Cause they all like to walk down the street normally. Yeah, that's yeah. right.
2: And the reply, um, was, so you saw it in, in, um, press conferences. They were holding press conferences, um, from now and through the siege. And, the uh the agents, you know, the the media officers would be like he was he never left the compound or what just wasn't possible. Um but this was found to be untrue. It's like I saw him at the shops last week. He would go shopping regularly, he'd go running by himself. Oh. I think there was even it came out that the undercover agents went fishing with him or something or shooting with him.
1: So like they escorted him off. Yeah, the so premises. they they
2: had so many opportunities to arrest him. If they had a warrant for his arrest, they could have just taken him in no no one dies. There's no big raid. Whoa. You don't have 80 people going out to this um, crazy big event. It just—it's just done. It's just yeah. sort of knocked on its head. So it just doesn't seem to make sense. Mm. Um, I did, and there's so many conspiracy theories come out of and stuff. One of the things I read uh, was that it was around budget time. They wanted to show we—you know—we need. We've got a lot of expenses. Look at all our.
1: All right, we my, need. This, need, these guns. Yeah, we need. We all use
2: this. these guns. Yeah, that's if that's true. That is obviously fucked. But that's just you know you read all sorts of things on the yeah. internet. Yeah, sure. Uh, Koresh's teachings uh, meant that the Davidians believed their destiny was to be involved in an apocalyptic fight with Babylon. So Babylon's mentioned in the in the Bible a lot, and Babylon is a term that Koresh took. From the Bible to apply to modern day US authorities. So this is what he was saying to them before this time. He's like, Babylon's gonna come for us, they're gonna come in tanks, um, they're gonna come in with big armies and they're gonna um, surround us, right? There's gonna be fire and so this just played right into that. Shit. So people are going, the Divinians are going, No, he's what he's prophesized is coming true. Wow. If they just took him out outside, the, he's on his run. They pick him up and take him away. It doesn't, none of that comes true. So that it's not confirming everything that he's been saying. Political scientist Ma, uh, Michael Barkin has since noted that by assaulting the group directly, the government confirmed their prophecies and reinforced their beliefs, which is what I'm sort of saying there. So this is what they were preparing for.
1: Right now they're probably prepared to die a bit more. Yeah, they're too. like,
2: oh, this is God This is God saying this. Yeah, is all what-
1: right, this is the end, okay, all good.
2: Yeah, we're destiny. Know, the other side of this is everlasting life. You know, judgment day is coming. We stick with obviously the guys on God's mm. side where we go to heaven forever. You know? And that's obviously a very powerful thing to combat against when you're and have now sort of helped prove to them that you are the you know, the bad guys. Uh what followed was basically unprecedented in America a fifty one day standoff between the FBI who had taken over from the ATF, and the Branch Davidians. 51 days. 51 days. days. Uh, it is also said to be unprecedented as it was the first time the U.S. government used, lar- used large-scale used large military force on its own citizens. So they're bringing in more tanks, helicopters. Well, let me tell you, this is from, um, from the New Yorker article I was talking about before talking about the epic size of the operation. The FBI assembled what has been called probably the largest military force ever gathered against a civilian suspect in American history. Ten Bradley tanks, two Abrams tanks, four combat engineering vehicles, 668 agents, in addition to six U.S. Customs officers, 15 U.S. Army personnel, 13 members of the Texas National Guard, 31 Texas Rangers, 131 officers from the Texas Department of Public Safety, 17 from the McLennan County Sheriff's Office and 18 Waco police for a total of 899 people. Sorry, Jessica, should have been one more. But the logistics of that is crazy. Okay,
0: here are the first things that I thought of. First of all, 51 days inside the house, surely you don't have enough food. Second thing I thought, for some strange reason in my head, I imagined it was a nine-to-five kind of thing and that the officers all went home. <laughs> and I was like, do they just leave the tanks there?
2: And
1: then I was like, it's probably a shift thing. I reckon they're probably there and all the I time. think that's why
2: there's so yeah, so many. They're clocking yeah. on clocking. They're not all
1: there at once. Can I just ask, are the Branch Davidians still working their day jobs during this time? <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. Are you, calling in, in, out? Are you so-
0: calling in sick for 51 <laughs> days because you're not getting that job you're back. Like-
1: Sorry, Trev, I've got to go do a shift down to the gun shop. So if you could just let me through uh, the, the gate here, I'll I'll be back later. Don't worry. I'll be back later to shoot at you. I'll do my shift.
0: Uh, that's wild.
2: Yeah. And so, you know, the the biggest number I heard from people inside is like 150, but it ended up being less than that. So it was like eight to one. End. Whoa. Yeah, I just, I can't even picture it. No. So he's preaching to them. It's going to be like, to, it's starting to sound biblical, yeah. like in proportion. So you see all, you look out and you see all that, plus a swarm of media. It's just so much going on out there. Helicopters swooping overhead, tanks in the distance. You're like, this is, this feels like what he's been preaching to us that was going to happen.
1: Yeah. You'd yeah. be
2: like, this is a super important thing. Um, a a tame, a, a tame <laughs> that's how I say team. Anyway. <laughs> I'll say team so you guys can understand. Thank you. A team of trained FBI negotiators were flown to the scene, and over the following 51 days, they spoke with the Davidians via a phone day and night. Uh, Much of this was recorded, and excerpts feature heavily in the documentaries I've been watching. Highlights were also repeated at press conferences and media broadcasts at the time. A huge bank of media outlets set up outside the compound. Most probably expecting the siege to go for a day at most. Usually, saw so someone say, "Usually, a siege like this would have lasted, you know, half a day to a day." That's a longish one. So, though no one was expecting it to go on, as it went on and on, I saw there were footage of people coming, basically looking at it like a tourist spot. People going there and taking photos out the front, and it just went for so long. There was um, <laughs> selfie out the front of the wake. Saturday Sage. Night Live were doing sketches with featuring. Uh, David Koresh. What taking you, brides and stuff. It just, yeah, isn't that, can it, you do that without knowing the outcome yet? Like these people yeah, it's like doing it when
1: they had the 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 soccer kids stuck in the Thai boys in the cave. You can't do comedy about them. It's big news, but until they're out safe. Yeah. Till it's done. Mm. Just in case. Yeah. Not gonna age well if things go bad. Which I think
2: they might. Yeah, so <laughs> isn't that yeah, that when I saw, it, I that's what I had that thought as well. I was like, holy! That's they were just wild. so comfortable with it being. This is just what it is. It's going on for nearly two months. So the
0: we're tourist just- attraction, like taking photos of it.
1: Wait,
2: imagine it's on for by the
1: seventh week. Everyone's just like, "Wow, well, this is just how we live now." Yeah, it just becomes that's becomes normal.
0: It almost gets to the point where it ends, and people are like, "Oh, is that over?" Still on. That's insane.
2: Yeah, it's. I mean, I. have I've become kind of obsessed with all this yeah. this week and I I don't know, it makes me feel different. Everything I feel sad. I'm feeling sad about it all all the time. Yeah. It's so fascinating, but it's so huh. it's such a sad story. Um Which continues. It does, yes. <laughs> uh we we're we're beyond the halfway mark. Huh. Um I mean we're the siege is is in now. Yeah, this we're is, in this the is siege. what it's all about. But what are we on day two of fifty one? Yeah. I'm gonna I'm I'm not gonna go day by day. Um Day Aww. three. He was I'm, seen taking a shit. I, do, I got to the start of Actually, the scene in the report.
1: Well <laughs> <laughs> they only saw him once. Do
0: you take a shit like once a week or No, one? they only
1: saw him once and then he went, Oh, I'll probably close the window. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but the shit was assumed for yeah, other yeah. days.
1: <laughs> I love that. Sorry, it just makes me think of one of my favourite episodes of The Simpsons, Homer Badman, where he's uh, accused of touching the babysitter inappropriately. Which it turns out he hasn't the done. Venus de, The gummy Venus to Milo. Venus de Milo. Uh, she can't have gotten far. She has no arms. But <laughs> uh, when uh, Kent Brockwin is watching them from the helicopter, he's like, we could only see inside this house <laughs> if we had some sort of infrared camera. So let's turn it on. <laughs> I assume that's Homer there roasting in the oven, stewing in his own juices at 250 degrees. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the turkey just it's rotating t- yeah. <laughs> basting
1: now this technology is new to me <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's a great parody of
2: siege it well, it's also it's amazing that um uh, the, that kind of germ- journalism what would you say the equivalent to that is in australia what program a current affair a current affair had oh the God. first and i believe Maybe exclusive interview with David Crash before all this kicked off. Not long before, oh, there's footage right. of they went in and, and talked to him.
0: A current affair used to be good, did it? Yeah, yeah, cool. Because what a current affair actually means is a is a news story that can go into more detail. It has more time, right? So the news says what happened and when it happened. Current affairs. Well, sometimes it says, what happened? Other times it says, like, a celebrity got married. I'm just remembering,
2: is this, you using your journalism journalism degree? degree.
0: This means I can write off my journalism (laughs) degree. Uh, It's tax-deductible now because I've
1: talked about it. Is that how that works? I mean, because most people when they (laughs) actually get a job as a journalist can't write it off, so. I'm pretty sure sure that's how it works. It's amazing that just mentioning something you studied. Well, obviously they don't
0: have very good accountants. You can write off a $30,000 degree. (laughs) My point is... The, a Current Affair looks at why and how. Right. And that's what it used to be. Now it's dog shit.
2: So in the early 90s that was what it was? Yeah. yeah Can right. I put into perspective for our overseas listeners who may not be. They probably have. A, I imagine we probably bought the franchise but, off. But, but oh, may not exactly know like our that. version of A Current Affair. And right. I'd
1: like to credit my good friend Nick Yates, who I used to play in a band with, who once watched A Current Affair and there was a story and he told me he never forgot it and I've never forgotten it. It was called Killer
2: Driveways. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty incredible. <laughs> they wrote that now. These days, they, I've never heard of that one. That's <laughs> that <was> good stuff. <laughs> they were having a, a good creative day that day. Normally, the one the cliches are neighbor from hell, a dodgy, dodgy car bosses, salesman. yeah, dodgy bosses, dodgy uh, salespeople. Uh, which petrol station's got the cheapest fuel at the moment? Yeah,
1: uh, people suing. Uh, on work compensation that don't deserve it that we filmed and then we harass them down the street saying, Oh, it looks like you can walk pretty well then, Maureen. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of
2: people putting their hand over the camera. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and then them using that footage several times. Every time you see it, it gets slower and slower and grainier and grainier. So they yeah. just look inherently guilty. And then
0: Which there's event. a graphic of like a um like jail cell over the top yeah. of that person, you
2: know. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's, the door I've locking. Looked- that's uh, noise 342. But um the current affair gate lock. Yeah. I,
0: I studied journalism, so if you guys ever need explanation well, on how news works. That is so I forgot great. that.
2: That is really handy cuz yeah. I I did study media and communications. Yeah. But, you, but it's not quite the same. Yeah, it? I majored in. Yeah. I mean, I majored in media and communications yeah. and criminology, but
0: but it's not It's not that doesn't mean you understand no, different types of news. It certainly doesn't.
2: No. I have no idea. And I appreciate so, that.
0: I'm just here if you need me.
1: And I work on a news show and I didn't know that. So.
0: And now that you've mentioned that, um, <laughs> can that's, I write, that's, can, you can write off your hex. My dead.
1: job is now tax deductible.
0: Your job is tax deductible, yes.
1: Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you so much. On your Dave, free job.
2: <laughs> is, is Jess planning to us?
1: think you might be but i appreciate it because i didn't know it
2: there was a there was an i don't know you might not have seen this jess but uh, recently someone shat on this podcast saying that dave and i are soy boys and that this is
1: fire an itunes review they
2: thought i was they thought i might have been joking until i talked about mansplaining like it's a real thing
1: what? <laughs> and I've, i'm just lightly obsessed with it. i've been laughing all week about the term soy boy. <laughs> it's as my so funny. Can, I, can I mean? work that into the show? Yes. Yeah. What does that mean? I don't. I had to look it up on the Urban Dictionary. It means
2: well. It means you drink so much soy that you're becoming uh, more feminine. You're not a real man anymore because you drink you don't then, drink real milk.
1: Oh, and then you
0: explained mansplaining as if it was a thing.
2: Well, I just mentioned it like it was a real like thing. it was a real thing. Like yeah.
0: it was because it's not a real thing is what they're trying to say. Yes. Yeah. Oh, they're our target demographic. <laughs> no,
2: Stop th- you are losing weirdo listeners. Again. No. <laughs> Good. I think
0: that's great. If you're listening now, why?
1: I love being and called. And
0: fuck off.
1: <laughs> and from the Soy Boys here,
2: <laughs> great to have you here. I'll, let's start a podcast, Soy Boys. Soy Boys. I love Soy that. Boys and Jess. Oh yeah.
3: You can be a
0: Soy Boy. I too. can be a Soy Boy. Is it B O I? No. Should be. Should, should be. Should, should be. be. Should be. Soy Boys. Should be. Should be. There's our matching tat. Hmm?
1: Soy
2: Boys. Soy Boys. B <laughs> O
0: <B-O-I-Z>. I Z. S O I.
2: <laughs> let's make it Our unreadable. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's caress the fuck out of it. <laughs> Makeup. Uh so anyway, fuck, that was a tangent. Um the so we're talking about the conversations the negotiators were having with Koresh and other um other other leading dividends. There was this one guy I found, he was seemed so reasonable in the clips that were being played. I did I should say one of the documentaries I watched was from the other it was like a Kind of a, more on the conspiracy side of things. Oh, that's
1: good. So, so when he's on the phone, he doesn't sound like a madman.
2: No, he he sounds super reasonable, and he's he's sort of seen at times. He's sort of like, "Come on, guys, let's." You're not being logic. you know. He's sort of they, but I'll talk about that a bit as well because I think they they misjudged what their faith was. They were thinking they were brainwashed when maybe it, they they didn't realize that they were just full believers. Like they came to that themselves. Right, so like, they
1: thought they could maybe talk some of them out of it.
2: Yeah. Oh, they didn't, they didn't, they thought that they could, yeah, break them out of the, Guys, the spell. So, you of. come
1: out, we'll give you chockies. Ooh. Ooh,
2: yeah. See, Jess, not a true believer. Um mm,
0: What kind of chocky? How ooh, well do you this, know me? That's yeah, the question.
2: Be... Soy. Get
0: fucked. Soy boys. Mint, I reckon you mint know. Chock chip. There it is. Mint choc chip. Yeah.
2: Mmm. That's ice cream, but also chocolate with mint. I yep. mean, just reverse engineer it, Dave. Yeah, that's, that's not my favourite. It's not ate hard some, to be there for your friends.
0: I ate some in the car on the
1: way here. There's usually a block in my fridge. Uh, dark dark chocolate, chocolate, milk chocolate. Milk. I was about to say the one thing that I know about Matt is you have to put the chocolate in the fridge. Yeah. Which, chocolate in the
2: fridge, ideally dark. Which I I'm think an old man It's yeah. a
1: crime against humanity. Yeah, well. I think two against one.
2: I think when you guys get to my advanced age, you'll start appreciating dark chocolate. Apparently, someone was telling me that the older you get, the more fucked things have to taste. <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> just to to feel your, ta- your taste buds are dying, yeah. so you're, you're just
0: eating sardines. It's
2: like I need, give me that. Yeah. Give me, give me the worst you got. Yeah. Because it sort of tastes subtle to me. <laughs> and you'll have a piece. You're like, whoa, whoa so bitter. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm getting something cardboard. <laughs> Uh, so some say one of the FBI's crucial mistakes was mischaracterizing the Davidians as brainwashed hostages. As I was saying, um, Doyle begins his book. Have, have I I talked about Doyle, the Melbourne um yes. long term? Yeah, Davidian. that's right from the fifties. Yeah, uh, he begins his autobiography about his um, connection to the the, uh, the church um, by saying most people think cult about us and think we are people who are brainwashed and deceived. They think our church members don't know what they're doing or, what, or where they're going. Hopefully my story can open their eyes. And he wrote a whole story about his whole journey finding the faith to, through the siege and everything. Hmm. Um, the FBI certainly seemed to see it that way. They, uh, the New Yorker article, which was titled How Not to Negotiate with Believers, quotes the work of religious scholar Nancy Ammerman, who interviewed many of the FBI hostage negotiators involved. And she says that nearly all of them dismissed the religious beliefs of the Davidians. For these men, David Koresh was a sociopath and his followers were hostages. Religion was a convenient cover for Koresh's desire to control his followers and monopolize all the rewards for himself. So a lot of the FBI tactics were to try and break this brainwashed hold they believed Koresh held over them. According to the New Yorker, the FBI trained spotlights on the property. They set up giant speakers that blasted noise day and night. Uh, the sound of rabbits being killed uh, warped what up. What does that sound yeah, sorry. like? We oh, up, yeah. Sorry,
0: Matt. I, you're the perfect person to ask. What does it sound like <laughs> when you kill a rabbit? How?
2: so well, it depends on how, how they're being killed. Chainsaw. Chainsaw. Okay. so. I'll mute out the chainsaw, and you're just going to hear the rabbit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is that what you want?
0: Yes, please. <laughs> otherwise, you
2: just, otherwise, I'm just going to give you the sound of a chainsaw. Yep, yeah, yeah. And yep. I'm yep. sure I've already done that before. Of course. Okay. So
1: chainsaw muted. Okay. That's strange. And I, I should
2: say talk. also that I am an animal lover. This is not a real
0: oh, rabbit. Yeah. Okay. No. No matter how real. No the sound. rabbits were harmed during this
2: the, sound. And that time I went spotlighting, I, no rabbits were harmed that night yeah. either. I don't think. Rabbit. Been killed by chainsaw. Science chainsaw. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> well, wow, it's a lot slower death than I would have imagined.
1: Yeah, with a
0: chainsaw. I would have thought mm. it would have been a quick death, but okay. It's
2: funny what happens when you take out the big sounds and you and you tune in. So they're playing You're that through wrong. a speaker twenty
1: four
2: seconds. <laughs> <laughs> On and off. Yeah, they're also playing warped up music. Uh, they're playing Nancy Sinatra singing These boots are made for walking.
1: And everyone hates that song famously. Tibet Monks. Did you play chanting. that
0: in the car one time on, on our tour? We I'm did. sure we that's did That's part of our big
2: playlist. Yeah, we did. We did You
0: keep what? saying you I'm got sure. something for me. So the
2: way we did it while we were tra- <laughs> while we were driving around, we went, All right, this is a theme. Each of us has to pick a song in this theme, and we're making this endless Spotify playlist. One of the themes was footwear. <laughs> yeah. And that's where that I came
0: chose from. that theme because I was thinking of that song. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's a great song. But we are because I was thinking came up about
0: with... Jessica Simpson for some reason, and she did a cover of it. And then I thought, I won't get, I won't play the Jessica Simpson version. I'll choose the original. Mm. Mm. And that's the backstory.
2: It's a good story and well told. Thank you. Uh, Christmas carols, telephones ringing, and. So, just... who's in charge
1: of that? Like, who's going? All right, now let's put on three hours of telephones ringing. All right, cha- uh, rabbit's dying. We'll have uh, twenty minutes of Run DMC before we'll have five minutes of silence, and then we'll come back and hit them with the sound of a toilet flushing really loud. <laughs> and then a
2: Someone <laughs> at the FBI, I guess. That's someone's job. So there's the and there's the tactical arm, and then there's the negotiators, and it sounds like the communication between those two wasn't so good because in interviews with some of the negotiators years after they spoke of how they were frustrated that the tactical arm of the fbi would sometimes act in ways that would contradict their agreements with the davidians they'd be like all right they're, they feel like they're working towards resolution and then the tactical arm would come in and do some more strong arm stuff they're like wow. hey i thought we were trying to resolve this peacefully and then all of a sudden why are your tanks you know why are you doing these aggressive maneuvers like this yeah. they cut off their water they were living on um what fell from the sky. Basically, they put out buckets, catch rain, and and share that out amongst the hundred-ish people, and they're still including kids, kids in there, including newborns, and it's oh, horrific. Um, yeah, it's a it's a just a it's a nightmare. All of it sounds like it's which is what they're trying to make it. They're trying to get them to leave, mm. but they're. they're but the problem is, they think they're dealing with some brainwashed people who'd be like, "Oh, we, this is fucked." But yeah. but if you're dealing with people who believe this is the end of the world, and they believe you're signalling it with your army, yeah, then they're only going to go, "Look, this is only a matter of time, and this is all going to come." just going to gonna wait it out. Yeah. Oh.
1: yeah. Who cares if I'm thirsty? I'll just yeah.
2: Wait. So then they didn't. I don't think they understood that properly. So it it seemed like they were just willing to to wait and wait because mm. they thought that they were doing what God wanted them to do. Um, agreements uh, were also broken from Koresh as well. Koresh at one point said that he would surrender if a recording of his teaching was, was played over the national radio. And the FBI organized for this to happen on a, on a um, Christian radio station, but were very disappointed to find that afterwards Koresh had a change of heart saying that God told him that he wanted him to stay, after all, which is tricky because you'd be like, oh, I mean,
1: okay, yeah,
2: you know, it's very hard to argue with that.
0: So, well, obviously, all the FBI needs to do is speak to God, get mm. God on the side.
2: Oh, uh, that's so true. They gotta
1: turn the st- the speakers to the heavens. Yeah, blast some Run DMC, get his attention. Yeah, then yeah. ask him to tell Koresh to knock it off. Yeah, yeah, sort of what?
0: like when you uh, when your sibling is hitting you. And you say,
1: Mama.
0: Ma-ma. Yeah. And she goes, Michael, in my <laughs> example, because my brother's name is Michael.
1: Oh, okay. right. So it's yeah. not always going to be Michael. It won't no, always be Michael.
0: Your mum might say something else, unless your sibling is also Michael. Then that was very relatable for yeah. you. And you were like, wow. It's like Jess knows my past.
1: A few people at home are really being like, wow.
2: Yeah. Like, yeah. say, for instance, Gregory Jordan. He's probably thinking that. Yeah. Um, also, Gregory Jackson. Yeah. Um, Gregory Schumacher. <laughs> Schumacher's another one. Man. Uh, is also, Gregory <laughs> the Angel. Gregory you know.
1: Finnegan. Yeah. once was a man. Yeah. Hair on his chin again. Uh, Gregory
2: Tyson.
0: Yeah. yeah. Etc. Et it's very relatable for all of
1: those. All Gregories. Of those Gregories. Gregory
2: yeah. Myers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, And also Gregory Myers.
1: He's
0: in Bohemian Rhapsody.
1: Gregory Myers. No, his brother. (laughs) Tim Myers. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) It's
0: a big family. (laughs) Mike. (laughs) Uh,
2: uh, After discussions with his lawyer, Koresh again promised he would vacate the compound with his followers. This time he said it would happen after he wrote about his explanation of the seven seals. So this is that section of the book of Revelations in the Bible. Uh, so what's th- the deal? Sorry, he'll vacate if he'll if if they they just need to let him write about his explanation of the seven seals. He feels like he's cracked it, with, and cracking the code of the seven seals. Uh, their belief uh, in the Davidians and other areas of Christianity is that once uh, those codes are cracked, that helps bring that opens up a document that brings on the second coming of God. Right. And in turn, Judgment Day, end of the world, something like that.
1: So basically he's saying, let me bring on the end of the world and then we'll quit.
2: Well, I mean, he's saying, yeah, I guess in his mind he's like, if you let me do this part, then I'll come out. And, they'll, and from their point of view, they're like, yeah, right about it, not believing that that will actually yeah. be on the end of the world. So. God,
1: imagine if they it did happen, they egg on their face. They would. <laughs> they'd be like, it was way better when it was just a siege. Now <laughs> it's the end of the world. Whoops. Sorry, everyone. We uh, you really called our bluff there.
0: We really screwed the pooch on this one.
2: Love that saying. Uh, but I don't like that image.
0: No, same with. We're not here to fuck spiders. Yeah. Love the saying. Strange image, especially yeah, strange. little spiders.
2: Yeah. Just... I mean, even big spiders. <laughs> oh, Jess is acting out sex with a spider. <laughs> I'm
3: just
0: humping. humping. Oh, humping a yeah. tiny
2: one. Holding it by two of its eight legs, I assume. Oh. No good, Jeff. No good. No good. I'm sorry. I'm sure we've talked about this before, but where I grew up, and it sounds like it was a very limited application of this version of it, but it was we're not here to fuck fish, which I think is much more pleasing. What's yeah, sexual- a thom- sexually? <laughs> no, just the, the alliteration. <laughs> all right, F- fuck fish. Thought,
1: of course, sex with a fish, as we all know, <laughs> is much better than sex with a spider.
2: I'll, I'm not going to go there. As we all know. Dave, we don't all know that. I'm sorry, it's your family,
1: Matt. We
0: all know that.
2: Come on, I'm I'm not going to be drawn on this.
0: <laughs> We've all fucked a fish.
2: Is that true? Yes. yes. Wait, a shark fishes,
0: <laughs> Matt. For argument's sake, yes. All right. Can okay. you get them at a fish and chip shop? Then it's fish. <laughs> okay. Yes. Schnitzel burgers, fish. <laughs>
2: Veggie <laughs> burger with the lot. Fish. fish. Uh, Bottle of Coke. Fish.
0: fish. <laughs> Tiny little sachet tomato sauce is actually fish.
1: I didn't know that. I did not know that. I didn't know that
2: either.
0: Anything you can get from a fish and chip shop is fish. I love it. Yeah.
2: Jar of pickles. Fish. Fish. Including the jar.
0: Yeah, that's a fish jar.
2: <laughs> uh, so... So they've made this new deal, but this time apparently the FBI were unconvinced, sort of not fully believing that he'll keep his word and thinking that maybe he's just um, dragging them along um, and they were starting to get impatient. I would too, I reckon. This is from History.com. Though initially reluctant, Attorney General Janet Reno ended up approving a plan to fire CS gas, which is a form of tear gas, into the Mount Carmel compound to try to force out the Davidians. Just after six a.m. on April nineteenth, nineteen ninety-three, FBI agents used two uh, specially equipped tanks to penetrate the compound and deposit some four hundred containers of gas inside.
1: Four hundred.
2: Wow. And the the footage of this is also full on. So the tanks come in. So they think. So so, talking to some of the people from the inside, they're like, "I thought we were. This was all going to end." Uh, they were talking peacefully. The negotiators are talking about resolving this. Then all of a sudden, these tanks are coming in with these huge extended arms, and it's just ripping walls down.
1: Oh, so it's putting a hole in the wall so the tear can go in. Yeah, there. but
2: they're just sh- they're shredding walls open. Oh, I-, I was, I was like, watching it. I'm sure there must have been more science to it, but it's like, how are they doing this? How do they know what's on the other side of these walls? Yeah, yeah. Structurally, what's happening? What's happening under there? Where are the people in there? It's just uh, they they had a pretty good idea of where everyone was situated. They had that sort of information, I guess, from um, their inside man, we just scoped it out. And also, they had people who'd been, who'd left, who probably had spoken to him. But yeah, still, how do you know where everyone is at any time? Just, it's just like, that's pretty I'm flawed. not
0: even sure where Dave is right now. He's Because I'm looking at you. Oh, that's true. My peripheral vision isn't very good. Yeah. Now, excuse me for a moment while I turn my head to the right. Right. Okay, now there's Dave. I'm here. But I'm not sure now where Matt is.
1: I'm
2: looking at him. I'm going
0: to look somewhere in the middle and I can kind of see both of you. My point is, how could they have known? It's
2: That's true. Uh, that sounds like. Is this like, Schrodinger's yeah. Dave?
1: To, to me, that sounded like you were giving evidence in court. In summary, Your Honour, <laughs> they couldn't have known. <laughs> and like, what, pausing for applause, but it's court, <laughs> so that's not giving it. Uh jury, come on. That was pretty compelling. Come
2: Tapping on. Tapping
1: the mic. Yeah, hello? Is this thing on? Hello? So, are you getting this? Sorry. Um did you hear? That was
0: the best statement I've ever made.
2: <laughs> what a statement. This is good stuff.
1: I'm so sorry. People. All right, so there's a tank ripping down walls, That's crazy. And then they're, and they're
2: loading sp- it with With tear gas. Tear gas. Jeez. So, um at this stage Bill Clinton's the president. Attorney, he's appointed I'm pretty sure he appointed Janet Reno as attorney general. It was like maybe even during the siege, it was like she's only newish in the job. Right on. It's a real tough call to make. She's okay. She had to give the okay. She did that. Apparently, apparently at first they they wanted them to wait it out. Why aren't you waiting it out? Um, and the FBI like we've tried that. We're worried about what's going on in there. Is he abusing kids? Or or all these other things? They've got weapons. Are they gonna is is it going to be mass suicide? We think we need to act now. And that—that that, I think that eventually convinced them and Bill Clinton, I read him say or someone quoting him as saying, all right, um, if you think this is the best way to go, then let's do it. That's what he said to her and then she okayed it. So they 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 wear a lot of the fallout from all of it lands on them because, wow. the, you know, they're at the top. They're the ones who yep. gave it the green light. But, I mean, nearly no one comes out particularly well, from this. So they've smashed walls in, they've um ploughed in the the gas. They're thinking this'll mean that they'll leave, right? But that was not enough because they believe that this is Yeah. The end times. This is just another signal of it of the end times coming.
0: Not pleasant.
2: <laughs> no. Um apparently there were gas masks in there and if you had them on the gas wouldn't affect you. There were no Did gas anyone have mask- them on though? Yeah, I think plenty of the adults did, but um there weren't any appropriately sized for the kids.
1: Oh god, so they're the ones being affected.
2: Yes. Um and there's some I read some places saying that um the FBI knew this that, that there were gas masks, but I mean I I don't know if that's it's you know all of this feels like it's, it's, it's all, it feels like there's nothing that's clear. I mean, the official line of it is that, oh, well, we'll talk about that soon. But there's still a lot of debate and a lot of people still distrust. This, like, led to a lot of distrust in the government. Mm. Um, at around midday, three fires, and this is where it gets real fucked, three fires started in separate, separate areas of the compound simultaneously and gunfire was heard inside. Uh, it was a particularly windy day, and the fire tore through the property really quickly. It just it went down real quick. Uh, on the video, there's a I think it's a propane tank or something explodes on the property. It just it just burns up. Shit. It's quite a big property, and it, it all just goes. And of the 85 men, women, and children in the compound that day, only nine made it out alive. Whoa!
0: Holy shit! Yeah.
2: Um. They've... So
0: the the fires. What were they? What- the fires,
2: It's all well, there's still debate about this, but basically it seems like they lit the fires themselves. And even um, there's a Davidian who who survived, um, an Australian guy called Graham Craddock, and he spoke to Channel 9 earlier this year and he said, and there's a guy who still fully believes Koresh is the chosen one and he's going to come back, right? But this is what he said. He said, I looked over to the side and there was someone with a fuel container and they were spilling fuel on the, flo- on the floor of the chapel. I then hear someone call out from upstairs again. They said, light the fire. Right. Um, but- Three simultaneous. That's not yeah, an accident. Yeah, that's it. right. Yeah. Um, 76 bodies were recovered, including 25 children.
3: Fuck.
2: Um, many were found to have died from smoke inhalation, some from fallen debris, um, and there were quite a few also who died from gunshot wounds, including Koresh. Uh, an article on independent.co.uk posits a theory that as the flames and federal agents approached, some Davidians followed their leader Koresh's order to commit suicide and took their children with them. Oof. Uh, every aspect of Waco seems to be contested, though. Every, you yeah, know. yeah. Um, the Independent, other newspaper, describes the Waco siege and the events that led up to it as they say, in some ways, a fatal. It was a fatal collision of things that have helped make and occasionally threatened to break America. Waco combined God and guns, the right to religious freedoms and the right to bear arms, with the fear that federal government would remove those rights and federal government's fear of its more extreme citizens. It saw a government acting partly out of fear of domestic terrorism embark on a siege that would come to support narratives later exploited by domestic terrorists. Because in some quarters, Koresh and the Davidians were martyrized as as a community of God-fearing, if unconventional Christians whose freedoms should have been guaranteed by the U.S. Con- constitution but who were instead killed by an ever more controlling government. So that's how that's how it's seen by the people. People who are already distrusting the government sort of see this big event as like, well, this is just proof that the government, they're not looking after us. Yeah. They're using army force against us. Obviously, that's... You know, that is taking a black and white perspective on it all. And others on the opposite side would say, tell it very, very differently. But also, it just shows that it's just a, it was already a real tense sort of scenario. And, I mean, I, and I, I, it's weird talking about all this political American politics from here because I obviously have no idea what I'm talking about, only what I've been reading. And it just feels like even now, it's still, people are still, um, I wouldn't be surprised if some of this sort of stuff rolled into what ended up with Trump and, and people distrusting classic government, and that's why they went with this sure. outsider. And Trump, again, don't know what I'm talking about, so mm. I should shut the fuck up. Um, one of the domestic terrorists that uh, the Independent was talking about was a man named Timothy McVeigh. You probably the know his Oklahoma name.
1: Oklahoma City bomber.
2: Uh, yes. Two years to the day after the Waco siege ended on April 19th, 1995, he blew up the Alfred P. Murrah Federal Building in Oklahoma City, killing 168 people in what he saw as a re- revenge attack for the events on Waco. It wasn't a coincidence, apparently. Apparently that was a direct other Oh, the two-year thing. Yeah, yeah, right. Wow. Um, so he, yeah, he, Waco kind of in part radicalized him. You know, who, someone who's going to do that, who knows. Yeah, right. Anyway, wow. Uh. The conversation.com reported that the US president at the time, Bill Clinton, reacted to criticism of the government's handling of the siege by expressing incredulity. Incredulity? Incredulity? Yeah,
3: sure.
2: Yeah, you know that word that I'm trying to say. That anyone would suggest that the attorney general should resign because some religious fanatics murdered themselves. An independent inquiry into the events was ordered by Attorney General Janet Reno in 1999. And this well, six happened. Six years later. Yes, so there were, there were inquiries um, like in Congress and stuff, mm. but this was the first big one and this happened because uh, it was revealed that some of the tear gas used by the FBI was flammable despite officials having denied this for the previous six years. So it came to light that that it was. So they're like, all right, we, all right, well, been we lying need to do about a big, we need to do a big open investigation. Yeah. So this led to a 10-month investigation headed by former Republican Senator John C. Danforth and the fact that the investigation was headed by a Republican was significant as Bill Clinton was a Democrat mm-hmm. and I'm guessing they knew that it would look sus if they
1: had he it headed had a by Democrat.
2: A, a Democrat. So they got a, a Republican senator in or an ex-Republican senator in. And when he re- released his report, Dan Forth told journalists, I give you these conclusions with 100% certainty. He, so 10 months and he's like, this is, this is, the, this is how it went down. Mm is what he said. The responsibility for the tragedy rests with certain members of the Branch Davidians and their leader, David Koresh, adding, this is not a close call, concluding that Koresh and certain Branch Davidians set fire to their own compound. He said there's no, no doubt in his mind. That's what happened. He said people should answer for the lies and hiding about the fact that they use the flammable gas canisters, but that that shouldn't distract people from findings that it was 100% uh, the responsibility of David Koresh. But, I mean, despite that finding 18 years ago, the debate still rages on. Yeah, right. But officially, I mean, so in some ways this is a mystery, but...
1: And the nine survivors, were any of them, like, charged with any offences or yeah, anything? Yeah,
2: so they all did uh they were all charged this well this is from the new york times in 1994 ignoring pleas for leniency from the defendants and the forewoman of the jury that convicted them a federal judge today sentenced five branch davidians to 40 years in prison for their roles in a shootout near waco in february 1993 um that was the the initial um shootout uh and it goes on to say uh that Judge Walter S. Smith of Federal District Court handed down sentences ranging from five to twenty years for three other defendants, and the eight were collectively ordered to pay fines and restitution to the government of more than one million dollars. Right. When yeah, it's a it's such a I don't know. So you're not sure how you feel about it. I really don't know <laughs> mm-hmm. how about feel like about it. the. All I happened. know is it's a, f- it's a fucking sad story. Yeah. So
1: the conspiracy theorists will tell you that the FBI started the fire to tr- sort of drive them out. Is that sort of what- yeah?
2: They the, they say that. And you you think I mean the the ex Republican senator, you know he 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 talks about it. it's like there's no doubt in this. What is clear is it's very sad that. It probably would never have happened if they just arrested him out on yeah. the run or something yeah. like that. And
0: can I just clarify? So, what? Why would they have arrested him anyway? Was it the gun stuff?
2: It was the the gun stuff was what they were going because I mean they were the the people who were uh, the they were the yeah uh,
0: alcohol, tobacco, and and firearms yes. ATF.
2: So they, I mean, their jurisdiction was guns.
0: Sure. So they're like, he's got. Too many guns. Two hundred and fifty plus
2: grenades, and maybe he's doing yeah.
0: things to them that's not legal, right? So all of this happened because of that, yeah. And they,
2: but then uh, but I mean, obviously I, the
0: siege then happened because of the gunfight,
2: but uh, yeah, but also I believe they used some of the um, the the se- underage sex stuff. I think yeah. was used to convince um, the uh, higher ups to give. The go ahead yes. for more action and stuff, but
0: but still, that's yeah, that seems like such a huge thing to happen. When you're right, like they he went for a run by himself, just like put some surveillance on How him, was and it? I mean,
2: just... and they which they had done, so, so they just had people
0: arrest him. I, I just don't,
2: people. I just don't get it. Just arrest I, him. I go
0: knock on the door and arrest him.
2: I re- this is this feels like a topic that was over our heads here. I think I this... think that's
1: most topics. <laughs> over mine (laughs) yeah totally well no that's a super interesting topic fascinating tragic but very interesting
2: yes and
1: see why people requested it
2: yeah so so many people so um thanks for uh all that i mean that is yeah that's just going to be rolling around my head for a while i imagine because we do have a lot of american listeners and i imagine they're they're a lot closer to all this and i imagine they would probably be
0: very familiar with that story
2: yes and probably have um yeah i imagine that in part that would have been very frustrating to listen to (laughs) an australian doofus fumble through it but
0: how interesting i actually hadn't heard of it when you said it was something that happened in the 90s i was like "Uh, i can't think of anything but i reckon when you say it i'll know i'll go oh of course yeah and then you said it and i was like Nah, I no, I'd, I'd never I've heard, heard of, it. of it either.
2: And it, yes, yeah, which pe- I always
0: feel weird when it's things that have happened in my lifetime. I'm like, I should have been paying more attention, but, but it was it's
2: very noise. early on. Yeah, it's also super hot in here.
0: It is quite hot in yes. here. Yes, well, it's very late at night. Fi- let's finish <laughs> the, the <usual>. episode.
2: <laughs> finish the episode as we always do.
1: Great report, as Jess just said. But we have a little bit of Patreon business to do right now.
2: I should just say quickly. Um, I've just found. Sorry, I've just found the post on the Patreon group. It was Will Ross who suggested on there, and I don't think he was on my list before. Uh, but, yes, we do a little Patreon thing called... Fact
3: quote or question. Time to get smart.
2: Fact quote
1: or question. Yes. And the way this comes about is if you uh, you can support the show by going to patreon.com slash Pod, giving us a little pledge every month, which is very, very nice, and in exchange you get rewards like two bonus episodes that no one else hears, We've just sent out some Christmas cards to a bunch of people on on our nice list. Not the naughty list. Sorry, everyone on that list, but you did miss out. And, uh, of course, we thank people by name, which we'll do in a minute. But there's also
2: the fact quote or question where, Matt, what do people get to do? Well, they get to uh, give me a fact quote or question. Oh. And I'll read out the fact or the quote or the question that they give me. They also get to give themselves a title uh, and also on this same level – they are the ones who voted for this week's topic, so um, that's on the Sydney Sheinberg level. This week it is Joe Smith has sent in a fact quote or question. It's a question, and he's given himself the title, Project Manager of Matt's Kick-Ass Beard. By the way, I still need, to, I still need the new growth numbers so that my team and I can try to optimise growth for next year. <laughs> I'll get them on your desk by the morning. Well,
1: that's a... It's a year-long project. Yeah. we have got to have the AGM.
2: Talk <laughs> about that beard. Uh, Joe's question is, and this is his third entry into the fact-to-quoted question. Go, Joe. He was there from the very begin. Yes, uh, go, Joe. I like that. He says, Australia is known for having something that can kill you around every corner. <gasps> There's Jess. Seven um, Eleven. Besides, Besides a worked-up <laughs> bop. Oh, man, we both made the same joke. You and me, Joe.
0: Does he mean worked up like excited or worked up like angry? Or what does he oh, mean no, by on. that?
2: I mean, I could re- I could even read to the end of the sentence. Besides a worked up bop after saying the name Bindi Irwin.
0: Okay, angry he means. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what's not, the, not excited. So his question is what's the craziest Aussie creature y'all have come in contact with?
1: Oh. Ooh. Brown snake. You'd have to be a snake for me to.
0: Brown snakes are bad. Yeah, Mine would be. They have a really boring name, but they're quite deadly.
1: Mine would be a tiger snake. And I think that probably. Over the top two deadliest ones in Australia are the... My dad
0: nearly broke my mum's arm the time we saw a brown snake. Say again, sorry? My dad nearly broke mum's arm.
1: By jumping out of fright? Because we
0: were were on a bushwalk up in far north Queensland and a snake slithered across the path. We think it was a brown snake. Unless somebody then goes, oh, brown streaks aren't in Final north Queensland. Um, I don't know. It was a snake. And a snake came across the path and mum was walking in front of dad. So he grabbed her and pulled her back to like protect her. But she, the next day she was like, oh.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. You grabbed
0: her so hard. Wow. She was bruised and really sore. And he was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> she was, I mean, he was trying to protect her. So she wasn't mad. Oh, okay. They haven't <laughs> spoken since. <laughs> <laughs> Married for 40 years this week. Yay, Mum and Dad. I'm on did a...
2: not speak for the last
1: 15. No, yeah,
0: it's been a bit awkward at home.
1: I'm on Australia's well, Australian Geographic's list of deadliest snakes in Australia, top 10. Number one is the eastern brown snake. So yeah. your dad did a great job. And
0: eastern. Queensland is east. That's right. So, yeah, that's probably most. Matt, what's yours?
2: Mine, I've come across snakes, but I don't remember ever. I couldn't tell you what colour they were. Maybe yeah. a beige. Beige brown, okay. T- um, tan.
0: A tan snake.
2: Tan, yeah. Sunbaked. Mm-hmm. Sunbake
0: snake.
2: Oh yeah. No, I would say mine would probably be a, a spider, maybe a funnel web or a. They're yeah. pretty bad, aren't they? Yeah, they're the worst. It can be yeah. the worst. Okay, great. Well, went, mm,
0: even little redbacks aren't very nice if you're big pretty sure. If,
2: I mean, it's hard, like uh, you try and Google them, but you never <laughs> know. You can normally there's some that look like the ones with the big. Um, what do you call the big the bulbous thing? Yeah. Big that, butt, the big butt, <laughs> <laughs> packing heat back there. <laughs> um, yeah, all right, we'll find a way. if that's bad. That, I thought that was pretty.
0: Somebody bad. asked recently, and I think it was someone on our UK tour who was thinking about moving to Australia. And they're like, "But I'm just scared. Like, is it safe there?" And I thought that was quite a cute question, because we three live in the city. So there That's aren't right. just brown snakes. No. Like it's very sad. It's
2: unlikely to get a snake. You get you'll the see same, spiders, yeah, a bit, but yeah, same
0: amount of insects and and just life as you would in any city. Mm. Um, but if you go out into the middle of nowhere, yeah, there are some things that. That's can That's true. Kill
1: Though we snakes weren't that uncommon. I went to school in Warrandite, a lot near the Yarra River. Mm. A lot of tiger snakes there, oh, yeah. but I mean, having said that, I saw a few in my time in high school. Yeah. Not. It's not, it's not daily. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, yeah, so if you are scared of Australia because of that reason, you're, then you're fine. It's really not
2: thinking. a day-to-day thing you're thinking about. Yeah, I mean, it'd be fun if it was. but it'd be, It's like a bi weekly thing yeah. you're
1: thinking about. Yeah.
2: But in different places, you see, you can look at um, compilation videos of uh, snakes being pulled out of people's kitchens and stuff. In yeah. Australia. But they normally look in much uh, sunnier places than Melbourne.
0: Yeah, we're fine here. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> go visit in a Hobart. concrete jungle.
2: Yeah, my few bloody, uh, bloody concrete snakes. That oh, does all a bit of the worst you'll get is, so is bloody, uh, bloody, uh, bloody door snake.
0: <laughs> is that what they call them? They're a bit terrifying. Yeah, they, they bloody, they bloody keep the draft out, <laughs> <laughs> keep the good times in. <laughs> <laughs> the good times being heat, yeah,
1: warmth.
2: And the, others, uh, the other Patreon bonus that we do at the end of the episodes is we thank a few of our fantastic patrons.
1: Oh, absolutely fantastic.
2: And normally when we do it, Jess comes up with a little game uh, for us to play. Maybe some sort of a title we can give them or some other such thing.
0: It is a little hard with a cult kind of.
2: Yeah. I, mean, I don't want to could... give
0: them a cult name.
2: Well, you can maybe go work, off, uh, work off Joe's deadliest animal thing. Oh,
0: I love that. Yes, let's give them a deadly animal.
1: What they're the the an example of the what type of deadliest animal in the world? So we've talked about some of the deadliest snakes, exactly. deadliest spiders. Yeah. What are they? The deadliest version. Of? Correct. <laughs> okay.
2: Great. Well, can I kick it off by thanking from Devon, in the United Kingdom. Oh, beautiful. Uh,
1: Devon.
2: This is my I used to date a, a Devon woman, and I, I think she told me that you can speak like a Devon person if you say this: ear, eyes, knows you. Was that? Cornish, I forget. Anyway, that was my good attempt. Either way, trying is to relate to you, Mister Ross Deans. No, uh, she. I think that I was sort of encouraged to lose that accent. If she had it. She said she did as a kid. She right. spoke like that, but in it school and stuff, they tried to out of her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is sad to me. I don't think it's a cool accent.
0: Uh, Ross, Deans. Ross Deans.
2: Ross Deans. Ross Deadly.
0: Yeah. Sounds sort
2: of like rusty. So what is Ross it? Ross Deans. Rusty. Rustines.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I was thinking of something else, but if we're going rusty, now I'm thinking of the color rust. Now I'm thinking a fox.
2: Fox. Deadliest fox.
1: <laughs> Little fox. I like that. But I was thinking, as soon as you say rusty, there's only one person I think of, and he is a
2: crow. Oh, yeah. the fox crow. Fox Deadliest crow. fox crow. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, some sort of a Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, it's, a, it's really. Sewn together. It's gross. From bibs and bobs.
0: <laughs> it's disgusting.
2: Yes. It's a flying fox.
0: It's a crow just sewn to the back of a fox, yeah. and they're both looking uncomfortable.
2: Like that Simpsons thing. Yeah, that's right. The and rat the, bird. The, the crow's the... trying to
0: fly away, but it can't figure out why it can't, and the fox is just like, oh, flat so flapping. The fox
2: is walking, and the crow's just sort of like. Yeah. they're walking.
1: That's horrific. Yeah. That's Sorry. Ross Deans. Sorry, Sorry,
2: Ross Deans. Ross Deans.
0: Who else would you like to thank? I'd
2: also love to thank, from Winnipeg, Canada, Craig, Heinrich.
0: Ooh, that's a great name.
2: Strong one. So close to the maneuver. I reckon I reckon people in his school would have called him the maneuver. That's oh. how close it is. That's I mean, how close.
1: You know what? Maneuvers in a strange way. A centipede. <laughs> oh. <gasps> the
2: deadliest centipede. <sighs> Craig. Ooh. The deadly centipede. Craig's one of my favourite names. Craig's in the, is in the same world as Greg and Gary. And yeah.
1: can we just I uh, I know in the yeah. The United States of America, they say Craig a lot. Craig. Yeah, do they say in Canada a... as well,
2: Craig? So just in case, Craig, we're going to give. Just it Just in to... case you also don't know how to pronounce Craig,
0: we say Craig.
2: We, I mean, it's ri- we say it as it. We written. say it correctly, yes. Yeah. Well, really, it's written as Craig. Is craig.
1: Craig-ig. Craig. Yeah, but where's the e yeah, in craig. craig? Craig. Craig makes me laugh.
2: Craig makes me laugh too.
1: <sighs> but that so... could be you, Craig, or Craig Heinrich, the world's deadliest centipede. Which in many ways
2: is a shit snake.
0: Can I thank some people too?
2: That's a brown snake.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Please,
1: please, please, please. please.
0: I would like to thank from Santa Rosa in California. Oh, wow. Chase Stanley. Oh, boy. Fantastic name. Chase is a great name. Stanley's a great name. Thank you so much, Chase. The deadliest polar bear.
2: Oh, oh. And they're already really dead. That is a
1: chase I do not want to be involved in.
0: Yeah. Hmm. But.
1: A beautiful animal, beautiful. Though. beautiful, animal. extremely deadly. You know when you watch nature documentaries and their white fur is stained with blood from yeah. them eating a seal or something, they look insane.
0: <laughs> you know what sucks though is when you like think an animal's super cute and then you find out that it's really vicious and you're like, oh, you'll never be
1: able to. Like, like I thought
0: they were cute, you can never hug it, and then you find out they're fucking monsters, and you're yeah. like, oh. Mm. And
1: Chase is the deadliest of all of those monsters. Yeah,
0: congratulations, Chase. You did that, Jess. I did. For you, Chase. (laughs) Um, And I would also like to thank from Ajax Uh, in, I'm guessing, Ontario in Canada?
2: Yeah. Dylan Haywood. Ajax, they were a footy team we used to play against in juniors and they all had to wear helmets. So I would say uh, he is the deadliest helmeted honey eater. Victoria's uh, state... Faunal emblem.
0: We have a state faunal emblem.
2: We've got two: the helmeted honeyeater and the ringtail possum.
0: Oh, I like a little. Is that
2: right, Dave? I've definitely heard of the the ringtail being one. I've never heard of the
1: helmeted. A... It sounds like. See, so have, we have a state
2: insect. Do we really? What's our insect? No, isn't that what you're saying? no it's a bird. The helmeted honeyeater is a bird. A
0: bird. The no. honeyeater is a bird. Oh.
2: Because Grow up,
0: mate. Come on, mate. How do you not know what a honey eater is? Have you never mm. been bird watching? <laughs> we fucking... almost heard you the first time. I thought you said honey ant. Honey eater. And
1: I was like,
2: all right. <laughs> hey. How we probably pro- do have a, like, some so... some states have a, a state, like, fossil emblem and stuff. Oh, Wow. They go deep on something. So are neat. we
0: going with the helmeted honey eater? The deadliest helmet Because I was going to go for, my uncle had a dog named Ajax, and he was a boxer. Oh. But I like helmeted honey eater.
2: Wait. But the bird boxes. It's got little gloves on it.
0: Oh, shit. He's got a helmet, the helmet, like a boxing helmet <laughs> and little gloves. Yeah. And he's so deadly, but he's so cute.
2: <laughs> That's what'll get you. Yeah. you are like, get Oh,
0: little bird got little gloves on. Ah, ah, ah. dead.
2: Yeah. Come here. I got something to tell you.
0: Yeah.
2: Come okay. Oh, all cute
0: and bird like. No, come here. Come here. Flutter, 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 flutter.
2: Death. Uppercut.
0: Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. It's so delicious. thank you so much to Dylan.
1: I would like to thank, from Marshall in Illinois, Jennifer Welliver. Ooh. That is not. That goes together so well, doesn't it? It's That's beautiful. not true. Or Williver. Welliver. Welliver. Okay. Welliver sounds like Jennifer Welliver. I love her. Who, that. as a tribute to what I was thinking just then, is the world's deadliest ant. Oh.
2: Just, yeah, just a common stock ant. ant. Common ant.
1: Oh, no, just the deadliest ant. Common ant. <laughs> <laughs> of the, no doubt, hundreds of species
2: of ants in the world. Because there are some, There are, aren't are there some messed up ants?
1: Yeah, fire
0: ants. Like the and... bull ants,
2: fire ants. Fire
0: ants. Fire oh. But she's yeah. just, but she is a common ant, but yeah. still deadlier than all the other ants. Yeah. And also That's what's the, more impressive. There's also Jennifer. the
1: one that, that they call the bullet ant, which... It's supposedly so painful that when you get bitten by one, it's like you've been shot. Right. That's why they call it the bullet ant. And she's
2: even more deadly than that. Yeah.
1: She's like a cross between a bullet ant and a fire ant.
2: Right. She doesn't need any of their gimmicks. No.
0: She just gets the job
2: done. That's right.
0: NBD.
2: Yeah. Come at me. Deal with it. Come at me, fool. Shut up. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Jennifer Welliver. And I would like to thank, finally, from Birmingham. In the West Midlands. Birmingham.
0: Birmingham. We've Part been
1: there. Of Team GB. We've and, been there, right? And we <laughs> of we, we, are. we, never announced this, but um, the manager of the club did tell us at that, that stage of the Glee Club, Adele had once played there on her way up. Hello, I'm Adele. <laughs> and I imagine that she said that.
0: It's me here at the Glee Club, isn't it? <laughs> never mind, I'm fine. Her voice doesn't match her talking voice. What a
2: change-up that is. Yeah.
0: Hello, I'm Adele. Do you guys... Um, Sorry, we probably listeners at home uh, probably should have said, full disclosure at the top there, that was me doing an impression of Adele. A lot of you probably just thinking we'd got Adele in just for the end mm, there. And that certainly would, not. Um, we wouldn't waste Adele's time. If we were going to get her in, she'd be doing a report um, yeah. about Adele. But, no, that was just my tip-top impression of the singer Adele. Adele. Surname unknown. Nobody knows. I think what it's, it is. it's I'm pretty sure it's Gregson. Unknown. Adele. Adele. Hello, I'm Adele! Et cetera.
2: Hello, I'm Adele. I we, I'm a doubt.
0: Did we give anything to No, I haven't said their I'm name so, I'm yet. So from sorry.
1: Uh, the West Midlands in Birmingham. <laughs> people are like hanging out because we have a few people from Birmingham, as we know, because they turned Birmingham. up there. Jack Walton. Jack Walton. Oh. Wally. Doesn't that sound like a name of someone who in the early 20th, 20th century was like some sort of like, multi millionaire? Yeah. Like Jack, Jack Walton, Walton, inventor of the world's first dishwasher. Snaps. Jack Walton.
2: Yeah. Twirling in his
1: cane.
0: Yeah, he's a bajillionaire. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking The World's
1: Deadliest though. What are you thinking? Walrus.
2: Oh. oh, they are awesome animals. Uh they're one of my fa- <laughs> they're probably one of my favorite tusked marine mammals. Give me a top oh,
0: five. Okay.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Mate, we're we right. even...
2: Top two. think of another one.
0: Narwhal. There we go. Are they your top two?
2: Uh oh, it is a marine mammal. Yes. Yeah. That feels real good. <laughs> That's probably the best thing I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but it's is the walrus number one or in the top two? Uh
2: let me let me see if I can find another one.
1: In your
0: brain. In your brain, you mean. Oh, my brain, yeah. Let's oh, just, just go to the back just corner. Sifting through your brain here.
2: Jeez, there's a lot of crossword puzzle cheat websites out there. <laughs> huh? Well what a what well, this makes a mockery of the I mean the, Dave thought the noble one. crossword game. Dave I, thought I'm it pretty one. sure this Narwhal's like the one with the that's the unicorn of the ocean, right? What about
1: will you take hippopotamus? Yes. Oh, Great fine. The lower incisor teeth of hippopotamuses, the heaviest of land animals, never stop growing and are considered tusks.
2: I'd, I'd consider that so.
1: Is that a fun That's a fun fact? That's I a fun
2: fact. I've found that fun. I'm, I'm having fun with it.
1: Jack Walton, did you, as the world's deadliest walrus, find that fun? Mm. But thank you for supporting the show, and thanks to everyone we thank today and everyone that supports the show in general at Patreon.
2: What a lovely community we are growing there. On- I'm just going to sing a, a quick jingle, naming each of them one more time. <laughs> thank you, Jack and Jennifer Dylan, Chase and Craig and Ross Deans.
0: I loved that. Thanks. My face did not express that to you. You looked at me with that look that you do when I'm frowning at you when you've tried to make a joke.
2: Oh, hang but on. But what I've Never done tried to make a joke. there
0: was support you, and that was great. That felt really
2: nice. I loved that. Can you do wondered, that more often? always wondered what that would feel like to have your support, Jess.
1: Yeah, well, it only but, took you three years. I think it will sound a little something like this. Hello. Oh, wow. Wow. Adele's on board. How That's do you good. feel?
2: That feels really good. Supported. Just, just mm. wish
1: we knew your last name, Adele Atkins. Yeah. Just wish. <laughs> if only we knew Adele.
0: I'm Adele Atkins. Her, her passport says Adele. And then if they're like, <laughs> oh, I don't know if this can, she'll, they just look up from the passport like, oh, I'm so sorry, Adele, of course. Oh, my goodness, it's Adele. Because it's Adele. Before she. Imagine your mum being Adele. Like she's a mum and that kid's mum is Adele. <laughs>
1: That does remind me of uh,
0: that's wild. that, that tweet
1: wild. I saw of t- from Tony Hawk, the pro skater. Yeah. He was like, uh, at, this is according to his story, at Customs, and they're looking at his passport. And they're like, oh, Tony Hawk, that's like the name of the skateboarder. I wonder what that guy's doing now. And he's like, this. <laughs> Boom. And then he did like a 360, I
2: imagine. He did, like, just turned around. Yeah, in the air.
1: And they're like, okay. They're like, can
2: you come with us?
0: (laughs) Why would they say, I wonder what that guy's doing now?
2: Yeah,
1: just look up, bro. Or just,
0: like, keep that as an inside thought, you know?
3: Mm.
1: They don't know how those
2: custom officials. Mm. Yeah, you never know.
1: You never know. But I guess the fun has to stop somewhere, and that time is now. We are going to wrap up this episode, as we always do, by telling you to get in contact. (laughs) <laughs> We'd love to hear from you. At do go on pod is the the handle on all the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're on YouTube. We've, We've got, got a, a bunch website. of live videos there now. Mm,
2: yes, from cool. a re- recent tour. Um, and that's youtube.com slash do Everything's basically do go on pod. Yep. If you search that. Yes, most and do Including that and at gmail.com.
0: Yeah, all the Get stuff. Get in touch. Leave a, a review on iTunes unless you're confused about soy boys. Yeah.
1: No, in which I mean, case. If you want to leave us a, a positive review with the word soy boy and that would make yeah, me so laugh fine. to know yeah, that,
0: Was that rating, like was it a low rating? Oh, that yet? was a one
2: out of
1: five.
0: Amazing.
2: Yeah, we shouldn't. Have, I don't know. We brought there. There's so many nice ones that. Oh, that's uh,
1: mostly nice. But that
2: one did that. I'm so sorry. But all week I've been hard. laughing about the phrase "soy boy." That is such brilliant. a brilliant. It's
1: saying. annoying that that person who hates us brought me so much joy.
0: <laughs> it's annoying for them because they don't
1: want to bring. You they, joy. I know they
2: they hate to make me because laugh because they. No, I reckon that. Why would you have said it if you didn't want to laugh? People don't say soy boy no, I think they'd to pro- make you feel bad.
1: No, I think they might be trying to bring us down, but really they've brought me up to a new
2: level.
0: Yeah. I've never felt better about this podcast <laughs> yeah. than the fact that we've angered someone. We were going to stop. Because they we- think
1: mansplaining isn't real. We'll never stop now. We'll never stop mansplaining because oh. it's real, baby. I've been- What
0: I've
2: been- is? Mansplaining. <laughs> Let me explain it to you quickly. <laughs> I'm looking into it. I'm starting to wonder. <laughs> Genuine, let's talk about it off the pod. All right, we'll talk about it off air. But thank you so much for, for listening. Let and me explain w- it to you off the pod.
1: And let me just give a little sizzle here. We'll be back next week with our special annual Christmas episode. <laughs> so uh, keep your eyes peeled for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, But until then, thank you very much. And I will say goodbye. later Goodbye, Abadell. <gasps> didn't know she could say that.